Everybody comfortable? Yeah. Get your ass up when I'm talking. Hey, take it easy. It's showtime. It's showtime. Yeah. Feel the magic and soul of the YB. Welcome to That's Davis Show. I am your host, Kenneth Davis. Follow me at That's Davis. Also, of course, executive producer of this show, That's Davis, and also Flipping Friends, Ryan Bukovetsky. Follow him at Ryan B. Ski and Ryan B. Ski One on Instagram, even though he underutilizes both. <laughs> yeah. It's really needs, he really needs to step his game up. One I'm not day. even a One social day. media person, and he's younger than me. And I'm more active than he is. I put people to shame in that case. Yeah, it's like, whoa, dude. I mean, (laughs) just say hi occasionally. I mean, you could just post show stuff. I mean, just to have interaction or whatever. I have this mental barrier just even opening them. I felt you. Dude, I didn't get into social media until perhaps maybe this is my fifth year. I was hesitant. Like, even though, like, I opened up. Uh, um, a Facebook account. I never used it for like four years. I just opened it up to apply for something. Right. I never use that. And then when I got on Twitter first, I started using Facebook's. Um, and it's cool because it makes it allows me to interact with my family members and some of like my friends from when I was younger. You know what I'm saying? But I mean, some of it is just like just uh the 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 the, the uh, banter and just people in their own ideals is just a bit much. But you can say that on all social media platforms. And I think I love Twitter more, but Instagram is more appealing at times. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't even mean just from oogling over beautiful women. I mean just from it's, it's your it's, mind it's, out of the gutter. No, it's just more to do. You know what I'm saying? Just as far as yeah, like entertainment. Yeah, it's just more that it's easier. Jokes, and I, I, videos, yeah, wow, exactly. Factor, oh. And I try to explain to people they should get on Twitter just for information and stuff. And they're kind of like, nah, I'm like, you, you would like it. But when it comes to what you can do on Instagram, you know, just even like being a lover of hip hop and seeing those old interviews, you know, it's it's a lot more accessible. Not to say you couldn't do it on Twitter, but it's, it's, it's built for a platform like Instagram. Yeah, the searching is much better on Instagram. You kind of yeah. can figure out what you want right away. Pretty much, pretty much. All right, Ryan, let's go off top. Off top. Take it from the top, the tippy. I got to use that. I got to use a little bit of Red Man and uh, Method Man because uh, they put up one of the best uh, verses, which was basically a concert of theirs since they are a duo, even though they're part of one's a part of a crew and one's a part of a group, Uh, of course, with Def Squad and, of course, with Wu-Tang. But I, I want to get back to something. I'm sure you've seen some of the clips from this past Flipping Friends or Flip, because anytime D is with us, I go back to calling it the original show, the Flip. Um, and we we had a nice engagement, but I still had to just say I can't, I, I couldn't, I can believe that the locks beat Dipset, but I can't believe that Dipset was that terrible and brought that whack ass performance to Madison Square Garden. The disrespect. All right, from what the locks did to them, but how they disrespected their own selves was um, it was disgusting. You know what I'm saying? To say the least, it was disgusting. And also, also, when I was talking about you, Ryan did an excellent job of snatching out that part of me talking about Biggie and Jada Kiss and Sheik Lucha. You titled the titled it to Sheik Lucha, not Sheik Lucha, which was classic. Right. (laughs) 
Uh, Sean Davis, friend of the show, uh, producer of ESPN 1000 here in Chicago. I heard him this past week with Waddle and Sylvie. Shout out to Sean. He hit me and DM me and was like, yeah, that's true. Biggie wrote seven. I knew, and I knew Biggie wrote a large majority of uh, um, Goodfellas. Was it Goodfellas? Or No Way, no way Out? It was Because it was, it was going to be called Goodfellas. But no Way Out, um, which is basically Puff's intro album. Um, so then that's why Jay, because he was saying wrote those parts because Biggie was done. But also something I didn't know, he said that all about the Benjamins, Biggie wanted that on Life After Death, but Puffy snatched it up. To think about a classic album like Life After Death and what it would have been if it had all about the Benjamins on it. Damn you, Puff. All right. Damn you. We needed yeah. that. We needed that. That that would have. I love I love Life After Death to, to pieces. But if you would have dropped, just drop that. And probably would have been on the second out. The second one. The second one was darker. Um, just to break that up, maybe, maybe, maybe not. He made it put it on more around more money, more problems on the first one towards the bottom of the disc. Uh, but I just want to, to just talk about that again. I know some people don't like verses. I I enjoy it. I enjoy the, the the witty banter and disrespect, and also just to see great performers rise to occasions and also kind of show performers of their age and, and, and that are younger, how you're really supposed to give it to the crowd for what they come to see and what they pay for. So shout out again to the, I mean, to the locks, shout out to Jada. If you didn't respect Jada, you definitely respect him now. One of the best to ever do it when it comes to bars and lyrics and jokes in general. So definitely shout out to the locks and cheek Luke is still not an MC. All right. That she clip, I kept watching that on a loop. That was so funny to me. When I started to chic luch or not chic, no, to chic or not to chic, I said, oh, that, that, that was, I'm keep, I'm, this is definitely going to be it. Just that right there. So that was great, Ryan. And then on, on I, I would say a lighter note, but that was a lighter note. But something that I saw last night, I, I did watch, and it's not just, it's not just that I watched, I turned to it, but I also forgot that I record every Bulls game because when i went to go set up my recordings of other summer league game bulls games and i was like oh it's already set because i couldn't find I was like, oh it's set i forgot i record every bulls game i just don't watch them because they haven't been worth me viewing them with regularity um i did peer in to watch the bulls or i should say iu and patrick williams all right and patrick williams in the first half of last night's game also let me let me give you the, the backstory to what they're trying to do they're trying to make him score more um, handle the ball more, be a facilitator. This is what was reported, uh, but I believe from Jimmy Collier in the, uh, the Tribune. Um, and they just want him to be the man. And you also saw him uh, being a leader. All right. He looks slimmer. He, uh, he says his core is tighter. Uh, his bounce was nice. Um, it's still just, it's still just, just the cohesiveness of what's going on with P will that, that, that you, 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 he seems he's a gentleman that's going to put in the work. Uh, he gave a lot of props to uh, the bulls training staff, with everything they did. He only took a week off and it went right back into it. Um, so again, shout out to Patrick Williams. He looked real good. He's just going to have to keep doing it to where it becomes more natural. Um, his instincts. That's he has. Fundamentally, he is a sound individual. It's a, to be 19 years old, he is so fundamentally sound. You see why Arturis Karnasovas and Mark Eversley decided to pick him at number four last year. Um, nice bounce, of course. Handles, of course. The, his shot form. His shot form looks nice. Um, just everything about him looks nice. But it, it, he just needs to work on. The 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 uh, finer things, the finer things, but the, it needs to become innate, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. 
It needs to become innate in him where, okay, I got Nate right here. I'm diving off this pick and roll. I'm taking it. You know what I'm saying? Like things like that. When you can see, all right, how the player's about to shift on that pick and roll. And if you're going to have a lane or if you need to get, give the ball up, you know, just little stuff like that. Um, he needs to work on. And when that becomes second nature, you're going to really have you a nice tool when it comes to the P will uh, being the, the youngest bull and growing with these, these slightly somewhat slightly older players and older players. Um, you're going to have, he could be a very nice tool uh, moving forward defensively and offensively in particularly because you're not asking a ton from him. All you're really going to ask from him next year is to either defend the best wing player or best power forward, basically. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's pretty much what you're going to be asking them. You know, maybe you're asking them to defend the center, depending on who the center is. Um, but that's what you're going to be. And, and then when he has an open shot, knock it down. If he can attack, attack. You're not going to just thrust a ton on him because you don't. He, you shouldn't. You have all these players around him. You know what I'm saying? That they, everything's on them. They're getting paid more. They're more seasoned. Um, I'm not saying bring him along slowly, but there shouldn't be a heavy burden. But he, I'll say this. He puts a lot on himself. So he, he's self-motivated. So you really don't have to really it does. I, you get the sense you don't have to worry about this young man working to his potential. You know what I'm saying? So we'll we'll definitely see. But it was definitely nice to see, what's especially a, since he didn't have a summer league last year. What was you about to say? What's your like scale one to 10, 10 being the best optimism for superstardom for him <laughs> right now. That's a lot. Superstardom. Well, living if up you to say the star, pick in the draft. How about that? If you say star, I could how say about a, where we don't feel a bust oh, from his oh, fourth pick in the draft. Oh, a nine. And, and I mean, not bust because like I mean, kind of traditionally bust, but like living up to the fourth pick. I think the thing where you could only feel that it was a bust is if someone like Halliburton, uh, Killian Hayes, some of those players drafted after him really snap. You know what I'm saying? Then you could kind of feel like, damn, we you missed out on one. If they have good careers and he still was picked behind Wiseman, Edwards, and uh, Ball – I mean, and you look at what Edwards and Ball are doing already. You're mm-hmm. not going to be you're not gonna, you're not going to view him as a, a a bust because that's I mean that's you can only draft who's there. You know what I'm saying? So the cream of uh, the cream that we perceive so far was already gone. Now if there's cream behind him, then you can start to question. You know what I'm saying? Why they selected this young man? You know what I'm saying? Particularly if they needed a point guard. And I mean we've known, and I know we're going to get into the Bulls tampering situation. We've known from the past regime and this regime they both had interest in Lonzo Ball who was signed to the Bulls this past week last you week, feel optimistic about his ability to be I don't know the face of the franchise at some point um maybe I gotta see he his his the, he has dog in him, but I mean dog on offense. I think he naturally has dog on defense. He just has to get used to uh, uh, just being in the league. You know what I'm saying? The speed, the players, the, the the weight, the body size. I think he just has to adjust to that, and I think we'll see a, a, a leap with that this year. Offensively, I just think there's a, a, a natural knack in between. So what I'm, I'm saying, like he can shoot, he can, especially for a size, he can shoot, he can dribble. Um, his passing is good. It can even improve, but it, the, the in between to make all of those um, uh, 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 just function seamlessly, you know what I'm saying? That's right. missing. So if he can get that 
then perhaps he can be the face of this team. If not, he can be the second best player on on a, uh, on a good team. And I'll be fine if he's the second best player on a future Bulls team or whatever. Sure. If he can, if he can reach, I wouldn't look at him as I don't look at him as a bust. I didn't look at him as a bust once I watched tape on him um, when we found out a couple of days before that he was going to be the pick. Um, just watching mm-hmm. tape on him, I was like, "Damn, this kid can shoot. This kid can dribble. This kid can defend. This kid can jump." You know, and I mean, it, when you looked at they were picking four. Now, if they were picking perhaps two, we would have a different discussion here. You sure. know what I'm saying? Sure. But they they weren't. So they, you you got to go. With, it's just like you got to play who's in front of you. You have to pick who's in front of you. Now, if you still missed out on value behind that player, then there's a questions to be asked when it comes to the front office. And I totally agree with that. I like him. Like he's got that man's body already too at he, 19. Like you don't dude, have to worry about that. He is fit. You could tell he's slimmer than what he was, and it wasn't like he came in fat. He he did. He was out of he was out of breath in the second half. But I mean, he hasn't been playing like that. Also, I, he hasn't been playing where he was the man either. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? But he right, was winded. Takes it out of you. Yeah, he was winded because I mean, because I'm talking. You're talking about full on defense or offense where a lot of times you're asking him to definitely be to play the best perimeter perimeter player but offensively you're not asking him like carry us you were asking him to carry you last night or to show you if he can carry you so he was winded but again he hasn't been using that to that degree and also it's been a break since the last time he's been playing five real five on five for an extended amount of time and now we go to the tampering Tampering, your hand in the cookie jar. Get your hand out of that cookie jar. Also, was it, was it so, that? We'll, we'll, we'll discuss it. So, the Chicago Bulls and the uh, New Orleans Pelicans, along with the Toronto Raptors and the Miami Heat, have been accused, or the NBA is investigating, perhaps if they were tampering, and if deals had been had been come together, or deals had been made prior to the non-tampering time zone, the time frame in the NBA. And they've been cracking down on it. You already know that they've raised the fine to $10 million. Uh, You can suspend executives. You can take away draft picks. I'll say this. If they did it and they got caught, what the hell are you doing? All right. What the hell? Because he was coming here. All right. We knew that. If the deal was in the bag, you could have waited before you announced it to not announce it straight out when the free agency signing was okay. All right. You could have you could have hesitated and waited to that evening to announce. I mean, to officially announce because we had heard for days he was coming, but to officially announce. But I did see um, Woj on ESPN, Adrian Wojnarowski, and he had pointed out that both of these teams may not really get dinged. And that's because the Bulls and the Pelicans at the trade deadline had already built in frameworks about making a trade for Lonzo Ball. And the same goes for the Raptors and the Miami when it comes to Kyle Lowry. Because you remember at the trade deadline, the rumor was Kyle Lowry was going to get traded. One, two of the teams was the Lakers or perhaps the Heat. The Heat were a big team that people expected Kyle Lowry to get traded from. Damn, my hand hurts from smacking it like that. Um, it's don't tamper. So hopefully, I mean, I don't care what happens to the Heat. All right, let me let me lead with that. The big uh, thing, especially and Pat, Riley, and, and, and Pat Riley snitched on the Bucks last year, 
in hopes of trying to get Giannis, right? He snitched on, on the Radmanovich uh, deal. He, he throw the he, rings before the snitching call out? Oh, yeah. He, he, no, he drops him on the call. He's like, I, you don't know who this is, but I'm telling you something in the front he's going on. Then he drops the clink, 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 clink. Bye. Click. I feel um, like he has the burner, like, I'm going to send you the link. And it goes on YouTube <laughs> just to make sure. Make sure everyone sees the gold fall. Uh, see so these rings? Listen. Both both these teams may not get dinged, or if they get dinged, it may not be as severe due to the fact that there was already framework that was built in from these trades that were discussed around the trade deadline. So hopefully that was, that's going to take place. I don't get the sense, and I could be wrong, that the Bulls are that fearful. Because I think if they were, we would hear about this deal being reneged. Like the Radmanovich situation, where it was like basically what we what, just from an outside looking in, basically last summer that if he after the signing trade that was proposed from the Kings to the Bucks, if he did go along with it, that and I guess he said the team didn't tell him or whatever, but if he went along with it, that the NBA probably would have invalidated it, and if he if he they invalidated it, it would have been probably after most of the money was gone from free agency. So instead of him going to the Bucks waiting to see if the NBA was going to invalidate that deal and then all of the free agency money gone and he's going to end up like uh, Dennis Schroeder who signed a one a one year, I think it's like $5 million deal with the Celtics when the Lakers were going to give him $84 million. And I still didn't know what the hell he was smoking. All right. And I didn't know what the Lakers were smoking because I didn't think he's the type of player that you can say me, him, and Anthony Davis. And of course, an allotment of everything else, but he would have been what Westbrook is supposed to be basically as far as the star or the, the, the talent that you need. And I didn't think he was enough. I think they're better with Westbrook than they are with Schroeder. And I'm not saying with Westbrook they're going to win a title um but still the fact that these these teams are probably I feel like not going to get dinged because there was framework already so this wasn't a situation where it was like we never heard anything about this you guys weren't necessarily going to do this but I was also going to say this get back to what I said because I lost my train of thought I think we would have we would be we would hear the Bulls are fearful that they're going to invalidate the ball deal more often here in the city if that was going to necessarily take place, I could be wrong, but I think that's that I could be wrong, but that's why I don't think that's going to, it's going to be as severe as them reneging the contract that the bulls have with Lonzo ball or the trade. Yeah. I was going to bring up exactly the Woj thing that you said. Yeah. Just hopefully it's not draft picks. I mean, if it's got to be money, whatever, like, okay, it's stupid. They should get a lashing, but it's just money. Nobody cares about money in sports, especially if the owner just has to pay it out of his right. pocket. Um, if it's draft picks, though, that's when you're like, oh, boy, are we ever going to see a first rounder again? No. We got Laurie. <laughs> Listen, I wonder this, too. Now, is it my draft picks you can take or is it draft picks that I've traded for? Because if it's mine, you know, I don't know if you can find any second rounders in there, but go ahead. Right, but right. if we're going to get a first rounder for Laurie, hands off. All right. We yeah, need they that. might be waiting. They might be waiting on the trade for Laurie. Like, right. Like, okay, hold on. Slow make down, it official slow. when the 2026 <laughs> first rounder is gone. And then we'll take this 2022. <laughs> exactly. What do you think about the Laurie situation? I mean, I definitely want to see 
what they could get for him. I'm not a big believer in Lowry being here. I don't think he fits with what they have, but at the same time too, he might be a really valuable asset on the second unit potentially. I don't know if you can put him there because I don't see him part of the starting five whatsoever. You know, he is not unless Patrick Williams is hurt. And I'm not even saying that as far as he is, maybe it'd be better to get somebody else in there and just keep Lowry as a number the second maybe, unit, you know, maybe, but I'm defensively is the reason why I'm saying yes. you can't have Vooch, who's a below average defender, Laurie, who's a below average defender, uh, De- DeMar DeRozan, who's a below average defender, Zach, who's a below average defender, then Lonzo, who's good to right. straight, you know, saying you, you know, you at least you really need three, but you at least need two real dogs when it comes to some defense. But even if let's can. say Zach makes a huge improvement, it's just on huge. the perimeter. It's just Use. on the perimeter. Okay. I'm just saying, let's let's pretend it's, it's only on the perimeter. You have nothing yeah. down low when it talk, comes sure. to deep right. Larry in there. And there's no rim protection when you're talking about Vooch. So yeah. you need P. Will to be starting to, to at least attempt to, to, to block somebody driving into the lane. Um, no, I mean, I don't care if Larry stays. Um, let me leave with that. If he stays and he's going to be a reserve player, because you got to fill in some slots. Especially if it's that qualifying offer. Then yeah, right. go for it. Yeah, Whatever. I don't care. I saw a little bit of the um, I don't. I'm gonna butcher this kid's name. Sedmanovich. The kid that they drafted last year that came over. Yeah. All right. Handle to be seven foot. Handle straight. All right. Handle is straight. I'm gonna give Shorty that right now. Handle is straight. Can't jump for nothing. But he's long. Um, and not a bad little prospect to see what you got. Not saying he's gonna be anybody, but uh, he's a he's a decent body. Uh, later on in the game, depending on if you're losing or whatever to throw out there so he can learn. But not a bad little lot of project that they have in him. I'll say that much from watching him being that tall and being able to, to, to take somebody off the dribble. Has he got the shooting? The shooting's there? Didn't see a ton of it, but that was in his highlights, watching all his highlights, that's all I saw. It was all three. And I was like, damn, Shorty, can you do something? And he's good with the pump fake and drive, right? That's okay. Huh. He's okay. good. I mean, you're doing it to another seven footer. It's simple. So I mean, it's funny we're talking about Laurie. His rookie year, that was the thing. Shoot the not, three and get to the lane. He not. Uh, he not Laurie. I could not rookie Laurie. Let me say that he's not rookie year Laurie. All right, but I, I'll say this. I I don't remember how I felt watching Laurie in summer league. You know that year, and I know I'd watched him, but I don't remember how I felt. I remember, but I remember like a couple uh, a month in or so being like. Damn, I like this Laurie dude, right? Like, it's nothing like rookie year Laurie, right? It's like the, uh, it's like March, and I guess Laurie's done this. It's like March, uh, Noach, not no Noach. Uh, What was the dude that got his face broken? Uh, Yeah, I was gonna say more, more, more Titch, right? Yeah, more, more. T- it's like it's like March that that March that he had, right? It's, 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 yes, it was like I was that. gonna say that was his rookie year, right? Miritich, yeah, yeah. Miritich. Like Miritich. 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 Look at how we just forgot. That's what oh happens when you get your face broke. I mean, come on, Listen, that, I still that was like, I, get the hell out of here. If I was Miritich, if I was Miritich right now, Ooh. I would fly to Milwaukee. I would come on a uncharted plane. I will find out if, if wherever, hopefully, of course, Bobby Portis is in town. I'll find out wherever he is. I will hide in the dark shadows of an alley and hopefully as he cross paths and I will whack him upside the head. Hopefully it's not something to kill him, but definitely something to knock his ass out just to get my vengeance for breaking my face. 
I can listen. I don't know. I have that. My face hasn't been broken because, you, you know, what a man break your face. You may be like, I need to leave him alone. Yeah. That man. Bobby Portis might be that guy. <laughs> that man doesn't play. All right. Well, we know who Miritich was rooting for in the NBA Finals. Oh, for sure, for sure. For <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Renowned man. Suns fan, Miritich. <laughs> Suns of four. He had that up on his wall. Suns of four. <laughs> Suns of bitches. Come on. Put it down. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. All right. So switching over. Um, we know that training camp is in the second week for the beloved Bears. They're going to be practicing and going up in their first preseason game against the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Matt Nagy has talked about having conversations with uh, Coach Flores as far as uh, when it comes to practicing and what they're going to do so they can kind of set it up and be simpatico. You don't want to get Justin Fields hurt if they're going to play their defensive starters longer and you got this offensive line that is woeful. I mean, so think about what the second string line is going to look like because you got second string guys is going to have to play in the first first string um but you know what it'll be interesting his bears are hurt right now um it's early um you can be a tad bit worried um eddie jackson is coming back uh, but i don't know if he practiced today but i know he came off of the uh non-football very, injuries uh, list the shells the light walk yeah. through practice yeah um but a lot of guys you, you still I, I, listen we don't know what's going on, Eddie Coleman. Eddie, I mean Eddie Goldman, and this COVID. Neither do list, they, by the way. Which is like, and I know some people on Twitter have been like, "Man, relax on Eddie Goldman." Then this is why I was worried, and I'm not saying I listen. I, I could definitely be wrong. I hope that I'm wrong, but something just didn't feel right. Regardless of if, if this is this in, individual's uh, character or this is necessarily how he handles business, when Danny Trevathan said, "You know that he's hard to get in contact with." Um, still, you know, like you gotta, you gotta contact your your, your job and let them know something, right? I mean, it you just seems that to they me, would call him. Well, he has to answer. He has to answer. I, I think they call him, Ryan. I don't think he answers the call. I don't know. It's just so I, weird how they're responding. Like, yeah, we don't know. Whatever. They don't want to. They they don't want to burn a bridge. I think they they're, they're trying to make it so they walk he on can like come back. shells. Yeah, they don't want to burn that bridge because I think Eddie Goldman's thought about retirement. And that's just the truth. He may be a young man. Brad Mix, I think, reported that from the Tribune. But I, I mean, I've been saying this for months. Not to say that I don't. I don't remember when Brad Biggs reported, and Brad Biggs has way more information than I have. So let me leave with that. Um, it just it didn't never seem right when. Um, just to have you talk to him. Yeah, we saw him. He didn't show up for OTAs. Nagy told us at the mandatory minicamp that uh, he did not have an excuse uh, uh, excuse uh, leave. And that right there was even more like, Hope do may not want to come back. Like, and, and my thought then was, is it a Bears issue or just an NFL issue? And on top of that, COVID, you know what I'm saying? And I asked Nagy that uh, as far as, is it just COVID, the problem with uh, Eddie Goldman? And he said, yes, it's a COVID issue. And I'm not saying maybe COVID's on top of it, but due to COVID, he's kind of done. You know what I'm saying, and and to be he, fair, he, it's rising everywhere. Right? Yeah. No. 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 If it is, if it is, and he he's walking away from his money because he got a stipend last year of things like three hundred and sixty thousand dollars, and I think well, he would have made between three and four million at least. Right. So about the cut that he took the, and willing to take, and the cut that he's willing to leave if he retires. You know what I'm saying? So if he's willing, a different cap. Yeah, if he's willing to do that, 
for his health from self and perhaps his family, I commend him. I don't I wouldn't I don't want him to. I want him to be the nose tackle of my team. Um, but you gotta let somebody live their life. You know what I'm saying? Sure. But um Kyrie's tongue is getting a lot of the snaps. Um I heard Bernstein going off on it on the score. Um I haven't heard enough people talk about it, which I found odd to be honest with you, because to me it's something that's just it's kind of bothered yeah. me for months. Do you think like I have no idea. I'm not a capologist or no, but if he ends up retiring, don't you kind of like think what the bears like, man, maybe we didn't have to cut Kyle Fuller. That's a great point. That Or listen, I hate to say it, especially in this situation, maybe you didn't have to cut Charles Leno Jr. Right. You know, like there's a couple of cats, you know, that you could have maybe held on to rather than this long dance with this nose tackle. Right. If we right. put a little toe in and then he snatch it back. You put the little leg out and he snatched it back. And it's like, dude, we need to know what's up because we're trying to get out here. We're trying to win. And also people are counting on you. And now when I say people are counting on you, I, I still honor your right to do what you want to do. But you need to give them a heads up on what you're going to do. Like, yeah, because it could be, have major ramifications potentially. Right. You need to you got to be let us know if you're in or out, um, even if you're out and then want to come back. We can discuss that later. But you need to let us know you're out. And I mean, from what he said, as far as as soon as he decided to opt out and the football started, he felt that he, sh- he shouldn't have opt out. I mean, is, is it is it for, are you being for real? I mean, he can feel like that, but still I, I, I'm wrong. He can feel that way. I want to play, but I don't know if the risk is worth me playing, you know, so he can. When he said, I felt like I made a mistake, he can feel like he made a mistake, but still know that that mistake is probably best for him with. I believe he has asthma, I think, too, like a severe case of asthma. I could be wrong, um, but best case for him and or any of his family members that may be immune compromised, you know, so. I want the best for him. I would love if he was playing those. Hopefully he will play those. Hopefully he's fully committed. Um, we're living in some different times right now. And you gotta you gotta have a you gotta listen and have empathy for what people are going through. I know some people are like, man, forget empathy. Man, nah, dude. It life is too serious and too hard to be mad at people making decisions about something that does not affect life or death consequences. It's just the truth. You know, people in their football, though, they love to go insane about it. You no, know, you shouldn't. You need if you're that crazy about it, you probably need to find something else. It's still love football, but find something else to distract you. Play fantasy. Fantasy lets you know that you don't need to be as in love with these players. You separate themselves depending on if they're on your fantasy team. Or not. With what you just said, something to distract you. Do you think that's coincidental? The Justin Fields reports he's looking great, great, great as the injury list looks bad, bad, bad. That's kind a of cool like one. Uh, keep an eye on this over here and not this over there. Hey, pay attention to this hand. Don't yeah. look at anything that's going on over there, yeah. right? Um, I didn't think about that. That's a good one. Um, that's a really I mean, we these people are PR mass. We live here in Chicago. We know they'll someone will get cut and then the story will come out about the type of bass that you were ten <laughs> seconds later. And all the time before they told us that you was a saint of virtue, right? right? So we've seen stuff like that all of the time. I think that's 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 pretty clever with you pointing that out. Um, I think part of it is just feels is just playing better. But I'm with you. They don't want negative PR right now, especially after lucking up on the type of PR that they lucked up on. Cause that was, that was close to 2018 PR right there. As far as mm-hmm. man, we're going to the super bowl in 2019. Like that was, that was, that turned, and it was funny that turned such 
a, a, a terrible summer after the closing, uh, uh, the closing interviews to the year. And then when they were after the draft, it flipped it 180. You know what I'm saying? And you don't want to go all the way back there or even get halfway there. Um, so, yeah, but they, you know, Bears are one of the teams that pl- plays things really close to the vest anyway. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. you remember how when John Fox was here, how he batted down the hatches and the hatches haven't opened back up since he was here. You know what I'm saying? When it comes to finding out certain things and uh, media accessibility and stuff like that. For sure. And, you know, I definitely think Justin is progressing. Like, I, I feel great about him overall as a prospect. We've talked about it since day one. Like, they nailed it. That was the guy they should have taken in the first round. Kudos to them. Paid a lot for it, but it was a very wise gamble, in my opinion. I don't think it least. was a lot. I don't think uh, switching ones and giving up another one is a lot for the second best player and um, second best quarterback in the draft. And I we'll agree. get to that. We'll get to that later uh, because uh, somebody, somebody, somewhere playing with the Jets like poo, um, and that's oh, yeah. of course Zach oh, Wilson, boy. who oh, we boy. we we've opined for through last year. Um, yeah, we're going to get to that a little later when we do our uh, division previews with the NFC East and the AFC East. Uh, but well, yeah, the, oh, go with ahead. the Bears, though, I mean, do you think it's setting up at all? I, I don't want to, like, go crazy with this and because ter- I think Andy Dalton is the starter. Mm-hmm. But if Justin Fields is progressing, if he's going to get a lot more preseason reps, can this mm-hmm. flip it all? No, and it shouldn't. If the offensive line is going to be bad, do not throw Justin Fields out there to die. Some people are like, well, he can run, yeah, but not for his life. Yeah, I want his, really want yeah, I want his 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 running to be an added advantage to what he can do in the pocket. Not he has to run because the line cannot protect him. No, 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 no. This is not. We do not have to break glass, grab Justin. All right, let it, leave him in there. Get this line straight. Before Justin Fields plays real, real heavy NFL minutes, this line needs to be straight. Of course, he should have packages every week. All right. At least two. But this line before he is the starter needs to be in order, it, it, even if it's not to 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 100 percent of what we expect we were going to get this year. And that's with Tevin Jenkins being a rookie moving over the left. You at least needed around 75 percent before you put Justin Fields in a situation that can get him hurt. No, he still talks about the Clemson hit, and that was running. So think of it. He thinks when he's running about how he got hit with the plan against Clemson, think about how he's going to be in his head if he's getting knocked down just sitting in the pocket. No, 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 no. You do not want him to get the yips. And I think this young man is uh, very strong mentally. So I don't think he's easily to crack, but still there's no reason to put him through that type of fire. No, let him sit all right. Not to say don't don't put him out there. But if this is the line that Nick Foles was just throwing whatever last year, don't put Justin Fields in this mess. He don't deserve that. We He is for the future. All right. We're talking about 15 years. So one isn't as important. You know what I'm saying? This, this little rookie is as important as the next 14 years. Now, if some people say, yeah, but he needs the reps to get going. So in year two. I, listen, if he is still learning, which he still will be, but still learning some of the things from year one due to the fact that the offensive line was was so porous that it, it, you shouldn't you you couldn't commit to fully having him out there. I'm fine with that. You do not want to get this kid messed up with how bad this line is playing. It needs to at least be at 70, 75 percent, I would have to say. 
What about uh, just in general? What you want to see from him or the team this Saturday, first preseason game? Um, I want to see that defensive. I want to see Robert Quinn do something, but they, I mean, they only be out there two series. But I, I want to see if he will play with the, how they point. manage injuries. You're, 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 he probably won't play. I want to see pressure from the defense. Um, but on the offense, I just want to see them move the ball, regardless of who's in there. I want to see make sure I want to see them running, regardless who's behind yes. uh, the, the quarterback. Yes. A commitment to running. I want to see the commitment to running leading to play action. I want to see rhythm. Now that may be hard in preseason to a certain degree with the lineups changing and bringing in different strings to get the rhythm that we want to see Matt Nagy kind of, kind of uh, call plays with. I, I'll give him a kind of a little bit of, of give with, but you still can get it. It may, you may just take you a second after you bring in that strain to feel the rhythm with how you need to play, depending on the strengths of the players on the second and third string. Um, but that's what I want to see. I want to see uh, not a lot of David Montgomery because I don't want to see him get hurt out there. Right. Uh, but I want to see Herbert. I want to see Damian Williams. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I want to see a little bit of Darnell Mooney. I want to see, um, I doubt Daz Newsom. Newsom. I don't know How about a Riley Ridley, Javon Wimps signing? I, I hate to say it. I'm, I'm, I'm damn near, I've damn near give up on that, giving up I've, on that. I have too, but I, I damn guess near now is never, that. right? Right. Um, I, 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 don't, I don't think Daz Newsom, I don't know if they're going to put him out there. I want to see Graham Jr., though. All right. Yeah. If he's going to be yeah. in the nickel. I want to see who's nickel. I want to see who's getting a lot of those nickel reps and how well they're playing in the nickel. You know, so also, I mean, it's going to be short when the, with the starters out. So depending on who plays on the opposite side of, of Jalen Johnson, and plus, I mean, they're not going to try to reveal a lot. But I mean, and we're going to talk about it uh, later when we do the AFC East. I mean, you know, and then he's only going to be. I, mean, I don't know how long they're going to play Tua, but it's going to be questionable. Um, to say the least, and I, I'm roll tied, but I'm always kind of been like, oh, oh man, when it came I to think, that, uh, know. I wonder if the Dolphins are going to look at Justin Fields and be like, damn, we should have got this good, dude. I mean, <sighs> I know that I listen, I'll tell you this I know they're happy they didn't make one trade that was out there that they could have made because of the draft picks they had and the fact that Tua's potential still can be attractive. Um, I know they're happy they didn't make one trade because it would be yes. a bad situation PR-wise for them to be in, and they'd be stuck in that situation. So you right with that, you're better off with Tua. All right. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want that Houston, that, that Houston drama. You're better off with Tua uh to say the They least. went with the receiver though. They could have had some guy named Justin Fields. They could have, you know, but I mean you said you were committed to to Tua Tonglea. So we'll see if Tua um, can do it when I just see highlights of Tua. See, I used to tell Tony this. Tua had spin but really didn't have an arm arm, right? So it's times when I see Tua and it's just like, it's it's like, um, what's the kid down there, Bryce Young? Like, Bryce Young doesn't really have a mm. cannon. Like when, I see, like, when I see highlights of Bryce Young, I'm like, listen, that's cool. I hope you can bring us some, some more national titles to Alabama. But in the pros, and, then I, and yeah. there can be arm growth in the pros as far as strength. I see Tom Brady. You know what I'm saying? Look at Tom Brady's arm in Michigan compared Drew to where his arm a was. Bit. True, true. To where his arm was like his sixth season in the NFL. Oof. Tom Brady at one point in his career had one of the nicest deep balls in the NFL, yeah. period. Had a it was up there. Yeah, so you can you can you can gain arm strength in the pros. You know what I'm saying? Even look at how, uh, and, and it was because of Jeff Tepford how he had them throwing the ball at Cal. But look, like you didn't know coming out of Cal that Aaron Rodgers had that cannon. Like right. until you saw it in preseason, you was like, hold hold up, 
So they got a cannon, right? Like you didn't know he had a cannon like that. You didn't know he had a cannon like that coming out of Cal. Um, right. So it, that's 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 just you know we'll we'll definitely see, and it'll be interesting since we'll get an up close and personal chance. I can't wait to hear. Uh, I can't wait to hear Chicago reporters talk about what Tua looks like in practice. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Because you know they're going to murder him if he sucks. And this is going to be interesting to hear. Like he comes up here just stinking the place up, and you wish you had Fizz Magic just so th- this team is this ready to go as we dive deep into Dolphins chatter. I guess we should just and go more uh, Fitzpatrick chatter coming up later on too. Right, coming up later on. But let's start off with the the NFC East. You want to start with the NFC East? As far as we whichever go, whichever you like, whichever. Let's you do the like. NFC since the NFC East isn't the better division. I don't want to say. I want to say the best for last. Like. Vanessa Williams. Um, so, all right. I'm going to kick it off this with the Cowboys. This one's pretty easy, I feel like. I'm going to kick it off with the Cowboys, all right? Man, 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 man. Yeah. This Dak shoulder situation? <laughs> yeah. They're talking to the Rangers. They're talking to the... T- listen, Shawty Blue's UCL out? You, are you... T- listen, uh, they say it's a shoulder. Correct. Am I wrong, Ryan? Do you, I think they've been saying it's a shoulder. I but our, so, yes. My my thought, my first thought is, does Shuddy need Tommy John? Right? He got a Ben Roethlisberger. Does he have a Ben Roethlisberger? A baseball injury on a, a, a quarterback after having a compound fracture of his ankle. I'm happy he got paid. Especially anybody be like, no, that's not right, dude. He was sitting there. What a was he a third or a fifth round draft pick? Regardless, yeah, he was getting paid measly dollars to start and be the best player on that team, damn near outside of when Zeke was hot that first year, basically. All right, Dak been carrying that team, getting paid nothing. All right, he got paid something, but by the way, nowhere near commiserate with his play on the field. All right, especially taking on the pressure of being a quarterback of America's team, and I'm it's pressure to that. And after Tony Romo, who was decent at least. Right. I mean, he, Tony was good. Tony was good. He wasn't my guy, but he was he was good. He was real good at times. He just couldn't get it done in the playoffs. It's really um, easy to see a replacement quarterback suck compared to be good when the mantle is passed over. And Dak yeah. definitely took care of that. Right, right. But if you're telling me they got to wait another year before you can really unfurl those receivers and that running back and Zeke looks in shape. I don't know if he's going to fumble the ball all over the place. But he looks in good shape. All right. The abs are poking out, even though they're irregular abs, but they're poking out from a man who has no abs. All right. It's, I'm, I'm not, don't mean to slander him. Don't mean to slander. He's fit. Um, I mean, but if they do, if, if, if Dak is gone for a large chunk of this season, woe is me to say it's back to last year for NFC East. It's wide open. Right. Right. So I'll get back. I'll tell you at the end. We'll tell, we'll both give you our predictions of who we think is going to win the division, even though I don't even have a prediction right now after what I just said. So, you know, who I was going, who I was going with. All right. Uh, the giants. Oh no, no. Who, what did you have to say about Dallas? I apologize. what do you have to say about Dallas? Uh, the defense, are they going to be able to stop anybody? Uh, I think the Dan Quinn, you know, get them maybe playing a better four, three style that fits the personnel, but they got to get that defense going. Cause they pay a lot of money for that defense. That, Really, really bad right now. Sucks. You, I mean, and you're dependent all on schematic change to fix it. I mean, listen, Dan Quinn can coach coach up a D. 
You know what I'm saying? So, and you had Nolan out there who hadn't been coaching since oh, Lord knows yeah. since dinosaurs were know. patrolling the world. Just I mean, achieve franchise lows in everything for the Dallas. Yeah. And I mean, with, with the thing is too, and not to say that you can't teach an old dog new tricks, but the thing is when you're talking about how offenses progress and change just drastically over time in the NFL, you know, not to say you have to kind of be in the game and know what's going on. I think some coaches are just ingenious or geniuses and they can, if they're easily to reacclimate themselves, but clearly he didn't. And, um, you know, hopefully a four, three scheme benefits them because you, you paid a lot of money and you got to find out what those linebackers with Lawrence, you know, what you got down there. Right. So uh, definitely, I, I was going to bring up the D. I'm happy you brought up the D. Was there Who anything else? Happy you, bring, you bring up the D. Oh, stop. <laughs> Moving on. The Giants, uh, Saquon Barkley is slowly being brought back. He's off the pup list. I'm sure he's going to be phenomenal, depending on when he gets going and how many reps they get. Good old Eddie year. Jackson. Right. I thought when it was like, as soon as it was like, he lost him in the second game. I was like, Eddie Jackson. Right. I was like, damn. Now you hate to see your players do that. Not injure someone. And it wasn't on purpose. All right. It's a football play. You know what I'm saying? Stuff like that happens in football. I mean, I blew out my knee. Um, Stuff like that happens. But it's just when you're like, damn, I hate you hate to see your players associated with it. Right. That's one of those things. You know what I'm saying? It's funny. Just like I'm sure Giants fans, maybe they may feel like this. But when you think about Joe Theismann and LT, you see LT. Yeah, right. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) Bills, get me back out there. (laughs) But uh, with the Giants, man, listen, uh, Daniel Jones. Man, you guys may have just got you. Right? Yeah, because this season should tell you. I mean, physically, Shotty nice. Shotty got some wheels on him to be that tall. He got a nice arm on him. But like, what's going on between here and when Zeke is out? Shotty has more interceptions than touchdowns. So, and I'm not saying that not having a back like Zeke does not hurt you tremendously, or especially when basically you two were supposed to be together. You know what I'm saying? Like you get that quarterback and that running back tandem, you're looking at them growing them and, and really using this running back to alleviate pressure from this quarterback until the quarterback can completely acclimate himself to the NFL. Right. But he's at the point now it is, are you just an average to below average quarterback or is there still enough jewels inside of you for us to pull out of you? You know what I'm saying? Will you reach some a large majority of this potential or are you really a floor guy? And I mean, I would hate to be the GM that went all out. And I mean, listen, it, it was him. He said it. It was him. At least, yeah, he did right by not drafting Haskins. And regardless, listen, regardless of if Haskins does get it on track, he wasn't going to get it on track in New York. Because he sure couldn't get it done at DMV. If that kid was in New York, he would have lost his everlasting mind in New York. So he wouldn't have focused on football at all at that point. Period, period. So it's going to be interesting to see if if Danny Dimes is a player or not. Because I think that's the real question uh, going into this season when it comes to, to to the Giants. Do we have the quarterback of the future, or are we going to have to get back into, and listen, you got the Bears draft pick next year. Are we going to have to get back into looking for quarterbacks, which is messed up because you would like to use that draft capital to fill in other positions because you already thought you had your quarterback of the future. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Uh, I don't know how I feel about the giants. Like there's some potential there. I think Joe judge has done a good job so far, but they're just like a, 
at best a 500, like eight and nine type team, maybe nine and eight at the ultimate highest. The Cowboys I, have to not even have a quarterback for them. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not buying them whatsoever. I mean, Danny Dimes, like you said, he has some really good moments, and then it's usually one step forward, two steps back, kind of thing with him every single time. And add the Giants now to the list of teams could have had Justin Fields. Sorry. All right. So going down to the DMV, the old stomping grounds of uh, said Hayes that we were just talking about, Haynes that we were just talking about. Um, Listen, they got maybe the best D in uh, – I'm talking about Washington football team. They have perhaps the best defense in the NFL. If not, I think it's top three. Um, the question is, what are you going to get out of Ryan Fitzpatrick? Uh, will he be able to just sustain enough offense – to keep that defense off the field a little bit. But man, when you when you look at Chase Young and what they got up front, it's like With dude. Jonathan too much. Allen. Oh. Dude, it's just too much. That's too too, it's too much. Too much. Too no 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 no. They're no, good. No. Ooh. Stop. Please stop. Too much. Um, it's a lot. You know, they like that's listen, here in Chicago, we love it. That's type of stuff. I mean, even when your quarterback sucks. It's nothing like seeing the front four just obliterate now a right. whole offensive game player, right? It's like we know what thing's gonna happen. Somebody's gonna get hurt today. Um, so uh, uh, that defense is going Listen, I'll I'll, I'll I'll come back to this team. I'll come back. Put a little button right there. I'll come back to this team. Do you have something you want to say about Washington? I'm sorry, sir. Just uh, what are they doing at quarterback? Like, why wouldn't they try to sign Andy Dalton? Like, you go Fitzpatrick, and then they have nothing. I get that. They drafted that kid. Who had a better better year last year, Andy Dalton or Fitzpatrick? But I'm saying, why wouldn't you just go after everybody? Like, Kyle Allen's your number two? I think we've seen enough of Kyle Allen. It's Ron Rivera having allegiance, having familiarity with Kyle Allen. So it's a guy that I know that can run the plays that I like. Hopefully they get the right guy with Steven Montez. Okay, I'm with you, but I mean, I pr- I think we would have here in Chicago. I think I think we would have, and I'd say it would have been right if we got Fitzpatrick over Andy Dalton, and I think it would have been cheaper. I think we would have kind of been a little bit like happy because we find because so, he he seems like a player that would have ended up in a Bears uniform, a quarterback that bounces all around the league, that's hot at times, and then you give him a contract, and the next year he's bad, and you're like, damn it, I gave him a contract. Like he mm-hmm. seems perfect for the Bears, right? Like a a, a, a kind of um, a folk hero. Like Bears love folk heroes, like a, a Fitz Magic. We love stuff like that. Like maybe it's just a good a, thing he's not here. Though. A misfit quarterback. We love that type of stuff like that, right? So because we don't. I, know what the, the green pastures are of a franchise right, quarterback. Right. So that we love we love that. So I think going off of what he did in Miami, because I mean, think about it. You you snatched, he was winning in Miami, and you snatched him out for two and then had to reinsert him. You know what I'm saying? So he had a better year when we're talking about affecting winning. And of course, we know that they were more he has way better defense than you have over there in, in Dallas. Um, but he didn't have a better offensive players around him than what they have in Dallas. All right. Dallas has a better, they have a better skilled players around their quarterback. All right. So I'm, I'm between those two quarterbacks, I'm with you. They should have solved this, this, the, the issue at quarterback. But if I had my druthers between the two and Andy Dalton clearly has a better career, but at this point of their career, I think you can lie to yourself and be like, you can probably get some magic out of Fitzpatrick. And emphasis on lie to yourself. I'm with you. How about these Eagles then? 
I'm tired of spitting on my, my screen by accident. Um, dude, they're in. I'm happy they won a Super Bowl because you were in such a rock and a hard place that it's it's going to be so hard for them. You, they're not. I don't know if they're committed to Jalen Hurts, right? So there's. I don't either. So they're still looking for a quarterback. They're interested in Deshaun Watson still. I mean, whenever whatever happens as far as it's settled or whatever, they're one of the main teams you keep hearing. Boy, Deshaun Watson's going to go from the Houston Texans with no draft picks over to Philly after they have no more draft picks. So, I mean, but think about it. You're not going to get what the haul for Deshaun that you want. With how murky True. the situation, like you, I don't care what they say they're gonna get. You ain't getting five picks. You're not getting four picks. You'd be lucky if you get. And I'm talking about first rounders. You'd be lucky if you get three. And I, mean, I mean, lucky with that the PR cleanup. That if you can clean it up. I mean, that's just like fans just got to fans just have to put their head in the sand, like Pittsburgh's fans did with the allegations that took place with Ben Roethlisberger. You know what I'm saying? Like that's all you're gonna have to Pittsburgh's do. Pittsburgh's used to, to it. Like, I'm yeah, sorry. To, uh, hey, it's Pennsylvania. It's Pennsylvania, <laughs> right? It's Pennsylvania, right? So, I mean, that's what you're going to do. If he ends up wherever he ends up, if, if you're going to have to sit there and there's a situation that happened with the Eagles and Mike Vick where there were fans that was like, you know what? I can't support this team because of what he did to those dogs. You know what I'm saying? And, I mean, we're talking about human beings, even though some people, when it comes to humans and dogs, you know. But still – you know, I mean, I, I know I, I didn't want him in my team because I, even regardless if this young man is innocent, it's alleged, but that's a lot of allegations. It's too many allegations, to be honest with you, if we're being honest. Um, I wouldn't want to have sit there and have that type of dichotomy with with cheering and not cheering. And, you know, like just I'm, I, it's hard enough than to sit there and root for someone you don't want to root for. You know what I'm saying? And I mean truly not want to root. Not, not you don't want to root for him because he played for a different team. You didn't like the college. Maybe you don't like the aesthetics of how they play, but they win. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's different from that, from someone who's done bad things to human beings, allegedly, you know, and rooting for that person, you know. And I mean, it, and it's it's not like um, one mistake. You know what I'm saying? Like, um. What was and this is I'm not I'm not trying to um, be belittle this, but kind of like Dante Stallworth with the situation in Miami where mm-hmm. it was manslaughter when he drove over that man he killed that man. Um, and you didn't really hear about Dante Stallworth compared to like Little with St. Louis where he 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 was intoxicated and killed that woman, and then he was found drinking and driving again. That's when you like you had a second chance, and this is you this is you know how dangerous it is and you did it again. You never heard of Dante Stallworth, and I don't even think Dante Stallworth was was uh, under the influence when he he killed he he. Uh, yeah, I don't believe so. I don't think he was under the influence. Um, you know, so him getting that's something tragic. But him getting another chance, you're like, okay, even though it, it was an accident with of, of the highest scale because someone lost their life, you know, but it was one time, right? But when you there's the same story, same story, same story, same crime, same crime, same crime, you know, that you, you can't turn the blinds out of that. You know what I'm saying? So Eagles, you like stuff like that, clearly. So do you do the damn thing? But getting back to the point, um, the defense is getting old. Um, I was going to say, folks, that's our review of the Eagles, a potential hypothetical of Deshaun. No, the defense is getting older. You don't know how well this rookie coach is going to perform, you know, so uh, you're still trying to see if Jalen Hurts can be an efficient quarterback in the pros. I hope he is. Um, But they have so they have the most questions in the sorriest division. Yeah. And 
they brought this upon themselves, which is the wildest part. When you drafted him, knowing that you could probably cause an issue with your starter, which there was an yeah, issue yeah. with your starter. Yeah. And then you have to trade him and you have one of the hugest cap hits ever in the NFL with dead cap money for trading Carson Wentz to the Indianapolis Colts. But shout out to the Eagles because you definitely dodged that foot injury that he had because it was going to come out. If that's an injury from high school, it was going to pop out. You know what I'm saying? And I'm sure the last thing Eagles fans want is Carson Wentz out for a, 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 a significant amount of time again. You know what I'm saying? Well, so now they're pissed because now they can't get the high draft pick that they were hoping to get. Good point. Because the amount of playing time that he's going to get—that's a—I re- didn't think about that. That's a really good point that you just came up with. But what's your Eagles' thoughts? Uh, the same. I mean, there might be more talent there if they have that offensive line rolling again, like they've had it in years past with that defensive front that they potentially have with Cox at uh, defensive tackle and they find a way to start pressuring quarterbacks and they can, you know, run the football and protect Jalen hurts. I mean, they could be again, what? like this division, I think in general can be solid if the Cowboys are a good team, but I don't have high hopes at all for whatsoever. I don't think this division can be solid. And that's if one team runs away with it and hides, I still don't think it's a solid division. This is the weakest division in football, I believe. I'm trying to think. The, yeah, it's the weakest division in football because... Probably be between AFC, them and the AFC South, I would think. But you see, the AFC South still has the Titans in it. Yeah, that, that's a decent division at you least. You know, like, so, so what, the AFC South, you have the Jags, the Titans. Um, Texans like, who, and Colts. Tex- the Colts, though, the thing with the Colts, yeah. they got they have the car that's ready to yeah. go. They still had a driver. You yeah. know, so yeah. if, like... If they if they get someone who's steady, if if Eason, if Jacob Eason can be steady in his second year there, all right, and cause another quarterback a quarterback issue with Carson Wentz, <laughs> JC Jacob Eason come and play. Trade for Nick enough. Foles, damn it! <laughs> oh no, you you're not gonna bring in Carson Wentz to do that to him again because you just then you really screwed up, right? Then you really it's like damn it, like Whatever. Carson was gonna do the same thing to you again, and that I mean you're banking on Carson, which where you if at least Chris that's what, Ballard, you threw the scotch against the wall when you heard this freaking foot oh, injury. For thing. sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. Also, who did that? Who did that? Um, physical, right? Right. Who checked him out? I'll tell you him? who did it. Somebody that's no longer on the Colts staff. <laughs> <laughs> get your shit, get your and get out. Um, but yeah, I'll say this. So initially, I had the Cowboys winning this division. All right, Ooh. but that's with the healthy. That's with the healthy Dak. If Dak is healthy, Cowboys win this division. The period. I don't care what you say. I don't care how good the defense is in Washington. But if Dak is hurt significantly, I think it's not even a question. It's going to be Washington. Yeah, I, I'm 100% with you. If Dak is not playing week one and it's revealed he's going to be out for some time, I would definitely go Washington as my division winner since supposedly the shoulder will get better in time. We'll see. Throw, now when you're throwing, using it. If this was his left shoulder, cool. His right. not throwing shoulder, like we can make it work. Right. He's gonna be wearing that bad boy, dog. Especially how they like to throw that part, that rock around. You remember how many how many uh, throws he attempts he had before he blew out his, his the, the injury to his ankle? 
Shot him throwing like yeah. 50, 50 times a game. So let's say they took they they brought him back to thirty. That's still too much if you got a shoulder. Oh my goodness, dude! It this man Jerry Jones did something. Listen, oh, this is what man. happens. This is what happens when you you mess around and you treat Jimmy Johnson. You know what? My off top should have been Jimmy Johnson. I don't know what the hell Jerry Jones is doing and why he hates Jimmy Johnson so much, regardless if there was some type of rivalry from y'all being teammates all the way until him, you, him working for you, but him building your only dynasty. And it's one thing that it's your toy and you taking it, but you can still respect what he did for you. It's senseless that he wasn't in the Cowboys or a rank of friend. He is the, he is the Cowboys the modern no, Cowboys no. since Tom Landry. I was going to say, after Tom Landry, he's the second most important person to the Cowboys. Now, people could argue maybe you could put Jerry in there, but Jerry's not nothing without Jimmy. No. You know what I'm saying? So he's the second most important person to the to the legacy of the Cowboys. And you did him to he had to wait until he got to the Hall. And he should have been in the Hall of Fame earlier. You had, he had to wait until he got into the Hall of Fame for you to sit there and put him in a ring of honor. Shame on you, man. You, you, you should be a better person than that. Especially well, we all know he's saying, not. Well, he should be. I mean, listen, even if you're not a better person, just to look like you're a better person, you shouldn't do stuff like that, man. Like, that's ridiculous. So, fuck Jerry Jones. I'm with you. All right. All right, moving along. To the AFC East preview. Who do you want to start with? Uh, Let's start with those uh, Jets. Let's get them out of the way. (laughs) That makes sense. uh, I like Salah. I like the head coach. uh, I, I just wanted to, my take the ship's sinking when it comes to the quarterback. Um, listen, I like the I like their coach. I don't know why, but I do. All right. Um, I think you know he I makes thought he did a out. terrific job in San Francisco as there. Me too. Me too. But he, that, that's the point. He was a defensive coordinator. Now we have to see how he is as a head coach and a CEO. Um, so I I, don't, I thought I thought it was a nice hire for them. I don't know if they screwed the pooch on taking Zach Wilson or not. Um, Zach Wilson. I know, right? <laughs> Zach and listen, we could be wrong. Yeah, but Zach Wilson could be a, he could be the bust in this quarterback draft. All right, and I think we all smoked a little bit of this that Zach Wilson weed at one point. Some of us did. Let me not say we all did. Um, I know talking to um to uh what's his name Chris Chris Sims. I, I think he was Chris a, Sims. That was his number one. Chris Sims. Hey, Chris, I don't know if this is one of your ones you hit going in on, bro. Um, Thank you for pushing Justin Fields down the draft. That's what, he, that's what he was doing. He was trying to help us. He was good looking out, Chris Sims. Uh, listen, Shuddy don't look good. Um, and Shuddy stepping up to the real. We forget that that, that weak ass competition he was playing uh, at, against BYU. I mean, and he, he gets hurt a lot. Dude, and, and now you're playing, in, you're playing in the AFC East, all right, which. You're going to have to deal with Bill Belichick and what he's doing defensively. You're going to have to deal with what Buffalo is doing. And, and also, you're going to have to deal with what, what Miami's doing. Like, all these teams really Brian have defenses. They have good defenses, those throws other three teams. And you've got the New York market up your ass every good time point. you Great point. Quit. Great point. Like, I don't know about this one. Like, I think it's set up for uh, – let me put it like this. He's immensely talented. All right. Slim frame. So there is a chance that he can get hurt, but he isn't. He has he has other level arm talent. All right. He's shifty. It's other level arm talent. I don't know. And you one, you emphasize it being in the New York market. I don't know if that was the guy to put in that situation. 
And I think I think I think part of his, for BYU. It, right. I think part of part of the thing is is he going to be put in a situation to succeed? And I don't know if that team was is 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 constructed to help him succeed, but I definitely know that market isn't. You know what I'm saying? And he hasn't been in a situation like that at BYU where you're talking about the heat that you were taking. You know, because I can even say this. I think Daniel Jones is better prepared. And of course, you can say, well, Ken, he was down there playing at, well, is he Duke or USC? I mean, Duke. UNC. Duke, Duke, right? But he was playing with Cutliffe. And we know just from that's basically you've been, you were playing with the, the, um, the Manning's personal trainer. You know, so I would think that it, he's been around them and he kind of knows the ways. He's probably talked to Eli. We know he, he was under Eli. Eli was probably part of Eli was in on a decision to pick him up because he was one of the guys that was at their camps. You know what I'm saying? They let him have that year to kind of get used to it or whatever and to be his mentor or whatever. So I think he's he's and I also think his personality you know what I'm saying? Jones kind of has that laid back, kind of has that Mac Jones ish personality vibes yeah. or whatever. Seems like nothing is too much for him, even though it looks on the field like there are things that are too much right. for him. Right. But still, it doesn't seem like he gets as rattled as much unless the, the mono is flowing. Um, but yeah, when it comes to the Jets, man, listen, I I feel sorry for Greeny over at ESPN, man, uh, oh. Mike Greenberg, because. It's like y'all just keep doing. It's funny, but it's sad because I mean, my team, my team has been better than theirs over the last thirty years, but it hasn't been just insurmountably better. You know what I'm saying? Right. But it hasn't Not been what that it type be. of bad. It hasn't been that type of bad, right? Like no. it's like that's some bad, 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 bad stuff y'all bad got going business. on. Bad business. And it just keeps getting worse. So uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but the Jets, man, it's, it's going to be. Uh, listen, if they, it'd be funny if they if they teach us a lesson and they snap. Um, but I doubt it. I think Dolphins next. Um, listen, the Dolphins are great at a lot of positions. I'm um, happy that they solved the situation with the contract situation with Xavier Howard, Xavier Howard, because um, that looked like Shuddy was like, I'm taking these interceptions and I'm leaving. Um, happy they got it out the way. Um, so that's that was one of the risks or worries I should say they should have. Um, the problem is to a tongue of a layer. Um, I don't trust them yet. You know what I'm saying? And not me being a, a fan of Alabama football. And even though, like I said, Alabama football, I liked him, but I didn't love him. You know what I'm saying? I liked mm-hmm. him in that. I, I loved him in that national championship game when he came yeah, in for right? Hurts. You know, but watching him the following season was kind of like, hmm, especially when he's playing against top-ranked defenses. You know what I'm saying? It was like, ah, uh, wait, because you got to remember, even though Georgia and Kirby said that they knew that they would probably do that, it still isn't the same as having real tape on him. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I don't know, because Tua, I don't see the arm talent, and there's hesitancy. Um, it seemed like there's a lack of confidence. And you know what? To be honest, after suffering the injury that he suffered, if that's part of it, I could kind of understand. Because that, yeah. that was, I remember watching that. I, yeah, we were in D's basement. No, we had just no, no, we had just done a flip. I believe we had just yeah, we were in D's basement doing the recording I, of a flip. We were because I thought I was at the crib when I texted man two. Oh, no, was sad. No, I think you texted after you got the injury update of what was okay. going on. But we watched the injury together in D's okay. basement. Okay, and I, dude, that just it looked it looked similar to how. The Bo Jackson injury looked running up the sideline when pulling that leg down. And you can, it seems like you can see it coming out of socket. 
and he's got the nosebleed going on at the exact right, same time right. from the from the mask breaking into this it was bad business Ugh. to say the least and having experienced something like that i can understand if there's some hesitancy um but i mean you got to get on the ball kiddo because this is going to be the year where they decide if they're going to keep you or not right that's a team that's ready to win now and, and they got the assets to move up right. wherever exactly. they need to go. So you can sit there and you can get whoever's going to be the hot quarterback coming out, even though this isn't necessarily a quarterback draft, but they'll lie to us about a time in the draft and tell us there's three good quarterbacks in this bad boy oh, anyway. Yeah. So, but you, you may be on the move if you don't figure it out. Um, I mean, I, I get last year there was no uh, preseason, so he didn't have the time to get some of the yips out perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe this preseason we'll find out with this game against the Bears, even though he's only going to be out there a couple series, so we're not going to find out a lot. Um, but still, I, the th- thing that Miami is Tua, and uh, th- it was a smart draft pick because he failed to you and he was a guy that teams thought you were taking the win and you guys decided, forget it, we're going to we're gonna go for team chemistry and we're going to start winning some games and he ended up falling to you, but man, if only he was healthy and Justin Herbert would have failed to you. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, just think, if he was healthy, Justin Herbert would have failed to them. I mean, yeah. it's not even a question. It would have been Tua, Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow, Tua, and Justin Herbert would have been right there, ready for you to go. And listen, just like he looks nice out there in Cali, he would have looked nice down here in Miami. Oh, man. <laughs> Maybe looks nicer, honestly. Right. So, I mean, that that it's Tua. That it's Miami all... team, they're ready to go if they got the driver. Who were we talking about? What? Uh, who had everything except the driver? That's exactly the same thing with Miami. Yeah, you you have to, dog, you, you got to figure it out. You know what I'm saying? And I think we we're talking about Miami when I said that they had everything except the driver. Because um, I think, because I was talking about, I was talking about Tua coming up here to play the Bears. Mm. And I was, I was teasing it. See, that was a tease, Ryan. I, I made sure it. to point out that they could have drafted Justin Fields, right? Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Okay, you, this is like the third team that you've said that so far. I, <laughs> you went to Giants, the Eagles, and Miami. Yeah, just making uh, sure. I guess you can throw the Cowboys there, too. Definitely. It, that really hurts. That really – because, listen, I'll be honest with you. If I, if I was the Cowboys, I would decide that. <laughs> I would that. I'd be like, I love you. That PR hit, I'd be like, did you see what happened to him? Did, you saw that, right? You, you saw it. Did you see it? Yeah, I think I think it was God telling us it's time to let it go, right? I would have I would have went straight for rookie quarterback on a deal since I'm paying everybody else all this money. Uh, it's just I wouldn't decide Dak. It's just just me personally. I, listen, it would have been terrible. Dak would have had the right to just talk disrespectfully about me wherever he was going to end up. But for my my team and my situation, knowing that he was going to get paid that much money, his ankle was obliterated. All right. I don't care what you say. It was obliterated. And I can still see little... you storming Jerry Jones's office. Jerry, we ain't paying. We yeah, ain't paying. And they, listen, we can lie about it. There's still a little hitch in his giddy up. All right. He, he's that. That's not the same hey, running staff. Shattered. Dude, it was terrible. Now, I know this when I was at home. I'm watching that game and I'm like, go down. Go down. And I'm not thinking, I'm not thinking he's going to get hurt like that. He had just he had just broken a tackle, at least two tackles and invaded one guy. Right. I'm like, all right, damn, that, that's enough yards. Go down. And when you saw that happen, you was like, oh, shit, because you saw the. So you knew. Right. But you didn't know the bone was sticking out like that. Um, and, and the first thing I thought was the money. The mo- Listen, I'm happy. Let me say this. I'm so happy he got paid. All right. I'm always pro player for the most part. Unless it's my team. I'm joking. Especially I'm always pro players. 
I always, yes, I, I want them to get their money because it's so fleeting. NFL is so fleeting. All right. So I was happy he got paid. I'm just saying in that situation, I don't think I would have done it. And I, you know what? That that could be healthy and I could be wrong, but I would have been good with that. Future Washington football team quarterback, Dak Prescott. Hey, has it written all over it. But I, I would have been I would have been so fine with that because just to just to avoid it. And I hate to say it. I would have gotten over with all those years that I had him playing way b- below his contract level, though, his contract value, I should say. Um, that I, it would have been like, hey, I hate to say it, but we, I, I said this on something the other day, Branch Ricky, get out a year before instead of a year later. Yeah. Who's uh, who's next on the list for you? Uh, I guess let's go. Let's go with the strongest team on paper so far, and that's Buffalo. All right. Buffalo. Josh Allen just got paid. Making <laughs> you look right. Hmm. Mm, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Shout out to Can you look right? Shout out to all Dang. those Baker Mayfield people that was I'm going bacon. I'm like, I like Josh. He's not accurate. I don't know. I like that. I like that big boy with that cannon on his arm. I know with what his I like. Racism at heart. And he racist too. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like that part. <laughs> He's not my quarterback of my team, but I'm just telling you. But this was before, I think this was before we knew he had the racist yes. pass. Yes. All right. Yes. So, I mean, this was prior to that. This was prior to that. But, yeah, he was my pick in that draft. Um, and I, I stuck with it. And you look back. Listen, Baker Mayfield's not getting paid that type of money. I'm going to tell you that right. right now. He's not getting paid two, over $200 million. No one's that silly anymore to think you, that that's the quarterback. That, Josh Allen's getting paid to carry a team. Baker Mayfield's going to get paid not to mess it up. Right. Right. Like, right. Speaking of driver, right? He right, just got exactly. to drive that thing. Just, just don't crash it. All right. Yeah. Try to keep doing this. Like, dude, just ten to two. Just, just straight. Right. Um. Listen, great defense. I'm looking forward to seeing what a healthy Singletary is going to do in the backfield. Stephon Diggs, you know, showed a whole nother level last year. Made listen. He would have made the Vikings look bad if Jefferson didn't snap the way that he did as a rookie mm-hmm. coming out of LSU. Uh, and they make the, actually made the, the Vikings look good because you got off of that that contract and those that sideline issues with Diggs and acting up at times. Um, so it was, it was a win-win for both organizations, basically, um, because you, it showed Diggs in a whole different way from just necessarily being a speed guy. Um, I like everything and they're Emmanuel doing. Emmanuel Sanders they picked up. Great complimentary yeah. piece with Cole anti-vax Beasley. Yeah, I can't wait to see how he acts this year. Uh, I love everything they got going up there in Buffalo, to be honest with you. Um, I love the synergy between the community and the team. I like the, the synergy between the B- Buffalo's mafias. I don't uh, like the uh, charities. Did you see the, the owner with the, what he proposed for the stadium that he wanted it 100 percent tax rep, uh, tax paid for? No. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow! Yeah, it's like that. You want to keep Buffalo? You got no. That's what I was about to say. Buffalo. It's always the threat of you know we'll go across to Canada on that ass, right? Right, right. Canada, right? Or go With to New York. Wife. We can do three teams in New York. Nah, Two of them play in New Jersey. No, you can't. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean they already have. But you mean New York City rather than New York right. State? Yes. Um, but no, I mean, it, it's listen, this division is theirs to win, but I think it's going to be hard. Now, I'll let you talk about Buffalo before we start getting into reasons why we think this division may be hard. And uh, we've already talked about Miami and Miami's going to be hard regardless of how Tua plays. They may have to play despite Tua 
but they're going to be good. They have a great coach, a great general manager. Um, the team is nice. If Tua can be good, th- this division is going to be crazy if Tua's good. I'm going to tell you that. Yeah. If, yeah. if Tua's good, this division is going to be cr- You haven't seen Jets this division. might not win a game. <laughs> you can always back into one. They did it last year, remember? Well, at least not in the division. Okay, you tr- true. But you know, but you know those teams better though. You know what I'm saying? But you're right. You're right. They shouldn't, but you know those teams better. You know what I'm saying? But um, what do you have to say about the Bills before we jump into the Pets? I like the Bills a lot. The only question marks I have, just everything worked perfectly for them for the most part, injury-wise and just how everything was, you know, running. Can they repeat it, especially on offense? And then I think defensively, you know, they're a really solid group, but they're not a great group can they take another level because we saw them against Kansas city in that AFC game. Like they're without a big boost extra from the offense or boost from the defense kind of complementing even more the offense. I don't think that they're going to be able to get past the chiefs again. I don't think they're going to pass the chiefs and they're paying Josh Allen to be the reason they get past the chiefs. I don't know if he's that good. You right. know what I'm saying? That's why he's, I think it's got to be the defense. He's fringe. That takes he's fringe. I'm with you. I'm with you. He's fringe. But I don't know if he's that type of good because he still has in the playoffs still a little yips. A little. Yeah. He got compared to the year before where he was spinning oh. around. And, or, yeah, right. Let me I run mean, 40 yards this way. Oh, man. Listen, it looks I, I know it's supposed to be going this way. But have you seen back here? <laughs> there's a lot of green it's, and it's there's no, no one there. It's beautiful back there, man. I'm thinking I'm going to go check it out during the game. I can just uh, throw it 80 yards. Oh, yeah. Look, you see this cannon? You see, you, you see this cannon? Do you see this cannon? Do you see this cannon? Um, but listen, I want to get to the past because we got to hurry. We got to hasten this pace up. This, this show is going long, man. People ain't got all this damn time. Um, listen, and I think we both said this. Matter of fact, I'm going to let you say it. Go ahead and say what you have to say about the past. I'll follow you. I really like the Pats. They're my division winner. I really, you know, Bill Belichick spending all this money building the team that he wants They got Mac Jones in the first round to give them a little more insurance at the quarterback spot that they didn't have a year ago when it was really cam or nothing like Brian Hoyer, get out of here. Like you're not going to do nothing. And even still, they didn't have a horrible season, especially with how many people opted out that they had. And Bill, he's a master at getting his teams ready and prepared. And he's got a chip on his shoulder. I, I really like the Patriots a lot. And I think Mac Jones, he'll take over at some point. They'll move on from Cam, and we know Bill is not going to have any problems switching over. And if he's ready, I think that they're going to be the perfect style for Mac Jones. It's going to be emphasis run and defense, play action passing. And if he can execute, I think that they can be a good team, but they don't have a ton when it comes to receiver. And especially now they lost Hunter Henry for a, a while with an injury when they were trying to bring back the double tight end look. But I still think with the offensive line improvements and everything that Bill's going to do defensively, they're going to be a really good team in my my estimation. So they brought in Johnu Smith for tight ends, Matthew Judon, who I liked as a rate as an outside rusher for the Ravens, uh, Devon Gacho, a defensive tackle, Jalen Mills, defensive back from the Eagles. You mentioned Hunter Henry, who played with the Chargers, who's out right now. Kendrick Bourne, wide receiver, and Nelson Aguilar, who we've seen bounce around after being drafted by the Eagles. And they also returned uh, linebacker uh, Devontae Hightower. Um, I want to say the exact same thing that you said. One, let's give some props to uh, Tom Brady. You're like, there's no Tom Brady over there. 
And that right. even regardless of how great you think Bill Belichick is, Tom Brady's winning right now. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I was a Belichick. I was above more Belichick than Brady. Not disrespecting Brady as being uh, the goat, but um, still, I thought you had that guy. Is you look at the guy that you got with you. Um, but at one point, he exceeded what that guy that he got with him. Um, I believe with with, with Brady, he, the, the the student became the master. Perhaps um, I'll say this: I think Bill is dedicated to Cam, right? And the system that they wanted to run, I think it may have been geared towards Cam. But I think just even with the the, the offensive acumen of Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels, that they can. They're, they're situational. They're just not situational game by game. They're situational within the game. You know, like that's the thing about playing that team. Like they totally change up everything from week to week. You know what I'm saying? Depending on who they're actually playing. Right. So regardless of when you look at, like you mentioned, going back to the two tight end situations they had when they had Grunk and they had Hernandez, um, that you would think about Cam's success with uh, Greg Olson. You know what I'm saying? And how it, it benefits Cam and it simplifies things to have, you know, that H back perhaps and a guy that's going to be up there running up the seams and stuff like that. Um, but I think Mac Jones is is better situated to do what they're used to doing. All right. But we're asking a lot for him to to be able to take in all the stuff that comes with that type of offense there. So I do think they'll be good. But when just I'm talking myself out of tick picking them to win this division. I'm going to go back to Buffalo. I was going to pick them to win this division, but I think the quarterback situation being unclear because. Listen, I, I can be wrong. Tom Brady got in there and got hot and took off. All right. But you, I, I, Brady's an outlier. But rookies right. getting in and, and taking off. Uh, they use Brady wasn't a rookie, but Brady, it was his first time starting in the, in the NFL. Um, so you're asking a lot, you know. So that's kind of still where I, I don't know how the quarterback situation is going to shake out. I, I, you know what? See me after. And this isn't enough time to know, but I'll just feel better. The second preseason game with okay. them. And See another thing, I- too, just a little caveat thing. Bill is tremendous against 24 and under quarterbacks, and that's basically the division. True. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. That's a great point. Um, but you know what? Enough football chatter. Let's go off top. Ryan, what oh. you got? Ryan B. Ski, what you got for me? How about we start with a little White Sox? I'm going to go baseball heavy now for grabs. Are the White Sox the most complete team in the American League? Because I'm starting to think so, especially now with Lou Bob and Eloy back in action. I mean, you look at it. One of the teams that they were that they that's kind of owned them this year. The Astros don't have Joey Gallo anymore, right? So if you're talking about them losing some of the strengths that they've had, and that's really the only team. I know the A's are playing well in the A's. Well, the Rangers had Joey Gallo. Really? Yeah, you're right. I totally thank you for correcting me on that. I don't know if they're better than the Astros then after I made that mistake. All right. Like I, I, I feel I mean, like and, with the trades and, and the upgrade, they might be. The only thing is this that the Astros have been there before. That's and true. They, and they're doing it with That's the why league you're hating them. Tony, baby. Listen, but they're doing it with the league hating them. You know what I'm saying? Like they're stepping into places. Every place is coming at them. You know what I'm saying? And they're mm-hmm. still doing it. So I don't know. Are they on paper, perhaps, but I don't know if I can say. I think it's going to take the playoffs before I can say the Sox are better than the Astros, man. 
I, I really do. I mean, it's just being honest. I want to say yes. It, it, when you say the trades, Cesar Hernandez, but I mean, he was facing a, a Cubs team that had third string. I mean, minor leaguers out there. Excuse me. And he had a familiarity with some of those pitchers playing for the Phillies. So that it looks good. Um, I mean, Craig, Craig, Craig Kimbrell, Lordy have mercy. Him coming over. Um, yeah, on paper, definitely. On paper, yes. Um, functionality and, and, and clutch moments, we don't know yet. Situational hitting, we don't know yet. So but in terms way, of like starting pitching has got to be White Sox, right? Like I don't think anyone in the American League has quite the rotation that the Sox have. I mean, you could argue, well, Carlos Rodon hasn't, or I'm sorry, uh, Lucas Giolito has been a little up and down this year, but just when everyone's on, I think that they're probably... I got to see some of them AL East business staffs. I got to see the AL East. True, like Boston, especially if they get Chris Sale going. Ray, I thought about Boston. Chris Sale's perhaps coming back to Rays. I think, though, they lost Tyler Glass now for this You're right, they did. They did, they did. did. So I think... You're right, you're right, you're right, you're right with that one. Um, I'll put them down a little. And hitting-wise, I think that their lineup is as comparable as – and now there's a lot more diverse hitting lineups in – Okay, in yeah, but if you're talking about offense, defense, and pitching, yes. But if you're talking about just hitting, the, the Yankees, what they just right. did, bringing in Gallo. And the And Rizzo, yeah, exactly. They got some – Astros, you know, now we're talking. And they've been helped, but they've been healthy. And the Sox mm-hmm. have it going on with what you said now with – if you see what 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 Eloy did, he's just goodness gracious, right? I when I I gotta go watch the game after we y'all get through doing. I mean, this, that's a massive do. trade, basically. I know that's I said it on out. here that it's it, it's like you it's like you made two huge trades, but you didn't have to give up anything. Just bringing two thirds of your outfields back in there, and then look at what the the players that were in played in their stead have. I mean, Engel is where he was last year when we thought perhaps it was a fluke that he learned that he was hitting. Right, we already knew he, defensively he's good in the speed, particularly speed on bases. But when you see that the hitting wasn't just a fluke, I'm never say he's going to be like the man with a bat. But he, you don't feel bad about him being out there. You know, what I'm saying before it was right. like, all right, just have him out there against the righties or whatever. You don't really feel bad. You with Brian, what Brian Goodwin is doing, what you have, and just even if you're just using to be a, a guy on base or, or supplement in the outfield with what uh, old Billy Hamilton is doing. On top of that, what. The mess that that Andrew Vaughn has been doing is mm-hmm. crazy. All right, being someone who was looked at as being a first baseman in DH, and basically, even though I knew in Schaumburg they had him in outfield, but basically got thrown in the outfield because of these injuries, playing both sides, and he is our poor man's Chris Bryant right now when it comes to being able to move him around. <laughs> I mean, he can't play third, but I bet you he could if you gave him a chance. But I mean, he's not he's not Chris Bryant. But when you, when you find out that you have a player. That that has that type of versatility that you did not ex- you did not expect that this was a kid who hit 400 in college you knew that his bat acumen was high and you know what right you knew that he'd probably be straight at first you did not think that you had a corner outfielder out here that now you he doesn't have to either be a first baseman or a DH you could stuff him in the outfield depending on the matchups so like man the, those injuries in some ways helped this team and I wouldn't feel that way probably if they didn't have such a lead in this terrible division, but those they, those wins have, have have helped this team. So on paper, yes, they have to prove it. But I love that like Lou Bob comes in, you got Angle, you throw him in right, you f- put Vaughn in left. Defensively, you're solid. 
to really good out in the outfield. And then you throw Eloy, hopefully a DH and that lineups boost. It's just like it, the perfect two pieces on top of it. What you really need to solve some major issues. And then if Lou Bob gets hot at the plate, I mean, forget about it. He will get hot. He will get hot. Don't he make it hot sure. at the right time. He make it hot. He, he make it hot. If he's right hot at too. the right time, then look out. He gets hot in the playoffs. It's right. going to be crazy. It's because Eloy already is hot. All right. Like, and he's don't just let, such a good hitter already that I don't think right. he's going to fall off. Don't let TA and Jose Abreu, because I don't know what's going on with Yo Yo. Yo Yo is playing like 2018 Yo Yo. So I ain't dependent on him when it comes to being and being when it comes to hitting. I'm not dependent on him. or being in the, the batter's box. I'm not dependent on Yo Yo. It could just be All that right. uh, Sammy Sosa of the 03 playoff run for the Cubs. I, I guess, but I'm not dependent on Yo Yo for nothing. As of right now, what else you got for me? Last, talking about the Cubs. Hoaxire, you see the next round of Cubs prospects, and should the team call up the guys that they have for experience already? Um, depends on if they're ready. You know, like, um, you don't need to rush someone like, what's the kid from, um, Brennan Davis? Well, no, the, uh, was, what's the, the shortstop from, uh, the, the oh, Jay- Ed Howard. Yeah, Ed Howard. Like, you don't need to rush Ed Howard up here. You know, especially if he's about two years away. You know what I'm saying? Like, again, if you want him to get a taste, I get that. You know what I'm saying? But if it it depends on if it's beneficial. I mean, people say, well, just getting that experience is beneficial. But if you're skipping a level, like, you you know, like, you're still in Brandon 1A. Davis would have to. He's in double A if they brought you know, him up. Well, some people will say, you know, double A and triple A, maybe perhaps it's not as bad, you know, so compared to if if he was bringing him straight from one, it'd be like, golly. Um, yeah. I just, I think it's situational. It depends on where that player is right now. It depends on will it, will it, be, will playing against high level pitchers trying to submit where their team is either in the playoffs, um, will that benefit them at this point? Or will could it shock them? And I guess I shouldn't say that because they're only going to be up here for a short amount of time, so they should be able to get. Yeah, they should be able to get over it. But if you already if you already have a trajectory of when you expect these players to come up to the pros, and I guess I'm saying this: if they're so far away from coming to the pros, maybe not. It depends on what you think about that player's mental makeup. If you think that player's mental makeup is He's a competitor and nothing's going to throw him off in the long run. Sure, go ahead. But let's, let's say somebody like on the Sox staff, like Lucas Giolito. I don't think I would have done that to Lucas Giolito. You know what I'm saying? Like if I'm the Nationals and we're out of it and I, I got Lucas Giolito and I, I don't know if they knew about his mental makeup or the lack thereof at the time. But I think that could be a problem for Lucas Giolito. A players like that where mentally, you know, they may not at least at that point be as strong. I'm with you. I, I'm excited to see whoever that they feel is is ready to kind of come up at this point because I wouldn't rush anything. Uh, you don't really have to worry about the Chris Bryant situation with the the rules of start time too early because with the next CBA, most likely there's going to be some kind of change to that rule in the first place. Mm-hmm. And that's coming up pretty soon anyways for baseball, which, you know, <sighs> If they get some guys that can come up and get some excitement going, I think that would be great. 
But I just think that the kids for the primarily are a year away and they're going to have to get some veteran free agents in here next year to really make this team competitive. They're going to get veteran free agents just to flip at the trade deadline anyway. For more prospects. I mean, they better. They better. Yeah, that's, that's what you do now. So they're going to get. I just, uh, I just, you know, with the Ricketts, sometimes they cry poor with the money. I agree. Like, I, you know, I, it's not going to be a situation where you're going to spend for like a Garrett yeah. Cole if he's out there, yeah, but no. you're going to get like a. Oh, ton you of want Jock a field Peterson's. of team? Yeah, you, you a, want a team full, of really you're solid. You're going to be full veterans. of Jock, full of Jock Petersons, a team full of Jock. Find Peterson. a Jose Abreu and build that bridge to Cuba. Um, no, <laughs> that bridge runs to this yeah. side of Chicago, not the other. I didn't know it went one. straight from Cuba to Chicago. Usually, yes, the yes, stop is yes. Miami. No, 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 no. It go. This is like this is this is straight like. Cocaine Cowboys, man, it, it's coming to the to the to the Midwest, and then we disperse from out of here on the South Side. All right, that's how it goes down. All right, I, we I all... think you just do it to Chicago, same place. We no, just no, use the no, 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 just no, extra no, exit. No. You guys could have done exit it. You, to did. The north. you didn't like you didn't. We chose you the Dominican. Wanna... We chose yeah, well, the Dominican. That's what. Stick with it. Stick with what you came to the dance with. All right. We always appreciate it. Uh, make sure you go back and check out this last week uh, of the flip. It was pretty funny, even though we, we kind of opened up with we dragged a little bit when we opened. But when we get into it, it was definitely entertaining. So make sure you go and check that out. Uh, also check out Under Center Podcast. That'll be dropping Thursday. And definitely check out the one that dropped Monday. Um, and anything on We Are Rico Radio. Um, we always appreciate it. And please don't do anything stupid before you hear from us again. Everybody comfortable? Yeah. Get your ass up when I'm talking. Hey, take it easy. It's showtime. It's showtime. Yeah. Feel the magic and soul of the YBs. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Take two. That David Show, and we are lucky enough to be joined by RJ Ochoa, manager and editor of uh, Blogging the Boys. I apologize. Blogging the Boys. Follow him at RJ Ochoa. How are you doing today, RJ? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. It's exciting. Uh, football's here, uh, and we've been waiting a long time for it, so it's nice to kind of have things be normal. But the, all right, is it normal though? Is as someone who follows the Cowboys, and I'm sure that you perhaps have Cowboy fandom in your heart. When I mean, you went through last year. I was watching the game when Dak got the compound fracture. I I was literally saying, "Go down, Dak, go down," because he had broken two tackles, was going for a third, and you start to hear about the shoulder, and now him getting another MRI. How does that feel for I guess the Cowboy fandom and for you? It does feel normal uh, just because there's, there's <laughs> always there's always a reason to be on alert. There's always a reason to be panicked, to be nauseous. I mean, so in that sense, that really does feel normal. Um, it also feels normal in that, um, you know, it, it does feel like like everything's going to be OK with that. It feels I know the, the report of the second MRI freaked a lot of people out, but it, it is just kind of a confirmation thing. Um, and so it's normal that, you know, the world is freaking out about something that might not necessarily be a bigger deal, but that's just kind of the way it goes. And so uh, it's par for the course. So it's kind of nice to see that nothing changed uh, and that football season is, is, is as we've always known it to be. So it, it, it has that become part of 
the funness of being a, a Cowboys fan, like just just in general, you never know what can happen. You know what I'm saying? Even if the team necessarily isn't winning, you never know what can happen when you're a Cowboys fan. Yeah, something I'd say all the time is, um, you know, you're never going to be doing your Christmas shopping. Like you're never going to be that late into the season and have them be out of it. Like they, they will never be the team that, you know, last year was really bad, obviously, but they were still alive. Right? They, they were still mathematically alive and they were still uh, an interesting story. Now, granted, they um, around Christmas time, they were flexed off of prime time for the first time ever. Um, and so they did lose a little bit of interest, but some of that's just, you know, nobody's getting, you know, nobody's pumped to watch Andy Dalton on Sunday night football. Um, but, but it is really <laughs> normal, um, to have them just be at the center of attention. And this year is actually a little bit more unique in that sense. I can't think of a year where the team where, where at least one team played in both the pro football hall of fame game and the season kickoff game. The Cowboys obviously last week in the Hall of Fame game and then week one uh, at Tampa on that Thursday night, and they're on hard knocks. So they are just like at the center of the NFL's attention right now, beyond the fact that they're already the Dallas Cowboys. So there is this heightened attention. Uh, They've been in California, which is, you know, just adds to it. They're one of the only teams to travel and go somewhere else for training camp. And so uh, it is very normal, to be honest, uh, to have them kind of be dominating the stories and and just be, you know, the thing and the place that everybody wants to talk about. Now, listen, I I like to have this little saying where I say I put on my GM cap and I, I love what Dak Prescott has done with his career. Um, I think he should have been paid years ago. But really, to be honest with you, when it got to that situation last year, I probably wouldn't have paid Dak. I probably would have went out and tried to give me a rookie quarterback because there's so much money that the Cowboys are already spending at other positions. So if you were the GM, is it a situation where, you know what, we're close, Dak's the engine? Because I clearly he's, the, uh, he's the, the leader. You saw what he did at the beginning of last year when he had to bring your, that team back at the beginning of the season. But would you have just been like, we're close, I'm sticking with Dak, or would you have thrown caution to the wind and looked at it as perhaps you may help your team a little bit if you get a rookie quarterback in there and don't have to pay that quarterback that big contract that Dak just received? I think it's about more than being close. I think that Dak is what makes them close. You know, mm-hmm. without Dak, they're they're not even anywhere close to being close. And so, um, you know, we've been singing and, and championing Dak's cause, you know, and, and praises for, for a long time now. And two years ago when he was first eligible, we talked about, look, they've got to get this done. It's it's If they, if they wait, if they drag their feet, they're just going to end up paying more money. They're going to pay all the money with the franchise tag, et cetera. And, it, you know, and good for Dak. I mean, like, at the end of the day, I want and – and we all want to see every NFL player get as much money as they possibly can while they can. Definitely. So good for Dak that financially he ultimately benefited from this. But this was really poorly handled from the team standpoint. I mean, they, they paid him a substantially larger amount of money than they would have had to if they had just had some foresight. Kind of like – I mean, like a lot of teams did. Like, pe- people bag on teams that miss on the quarterback contracts, but – the Rams are not worse off for paying Jared Goff. The Eagles are not worse off for paying Carson Wentz. Those things would have been wise if they had paid off. And that's why I think the Bills are smart for paying Josh Allen uh, and why the Ravens and Browns are going about this poorly for not paying Lamar Jackson or Baker Mayfield. Um, it's it's football. It's American football. You have to. You, it's not a debate. You have to have this piece. Um, you know, I fall into a category where, you know, that believes Dak is a top five quarterback. And a lot of people look at last year and say he was on pace for 6,000 yards and 60 touchdowns. That was never going to happen. That was, you know, I, I don't believe that that was going to happen. I think that things, even if he hadn't gotten hurt, would have regressed, would have gotten closer to the mean. Uh, but he is, he has evolved. And 
Um, you don't pay a guy specifically to be your leader, but he like I, I that's why I really enjoyed the first episode of Hard Knocks because I think people get to see he is people hear the term and the phrase like he's a leader or whatever and they just kind of think of it the way they, they think of football, but he is truly the face of the franchise. I mean, he is the absolute unquestioned leader in a way that nobody really has been in a long time. These Cowboys have had a lot of, you know, dominant figures lead their team and a lot of veterans who have done a lot of things. Jason Witten is going to be a Hall of Famer. DeMarcus Ware is going to be a Hall of Famer. All these guys have had different points of leadership within their team, but nobody has come anywhere close to the way that Dak holds that. I mean, Tony Romo didn't have that as much as I love him. Dak is truly unique in that sense. Um, and so I do think that there would have been a, a sense of, um, you know, a, a sense of not breaking, but, but you know, there would have been a lot of upset people within the locker room, within the franchise that they hadn't paid back. So I think all those factors considered, and fa- um, including the one that he is a top five quarterback, lead, you know, lead you to realizing the path of least resistance is just to pay him. Let me ask you this real quick. Is or will Dak Prescott become a better quarterback than Joe, Tony Romo was? I think he is. Um, I think he is if you look at the like the mean of Tony Romo's career. And that's what's so unfair for Dak sometimes, or what, what used to be unfair. Um, I've written about this before. The, the way that people remember Tony Romo was in 2014 when he was incredible. That was Romo at the peak of his powers. He'd finally understood the game at a mental level um, and, and, you know, was, was doing things at the line of scrimmage that we've seen elite quarterbacks do over time. He played four games in 2015 and, you know, didn't finish two of them. And then he retired, obviously, because he missed all of them. He didn't miss 2016, but he didn't play because Dak did. Then he retired. And so the last version of, of Romo that people remember is the greatest version of who he was, you know? And so that's, that's where everybody goes to in their mind. And that, you know, he evolved to that, but it took a long time for Roma to get there. And he was still a really fine quarterback, but um, I, you know, he became an incredible passer. Like I said, he, be- he became so well-versed in kind of the intricacies of the game. And Dak is getting there. Dak is obviously a mobile quarterback, and we'll see how far he takes that this year, you know, whether he pumps the brakes on things. Because he spoke about that when he got his big contract, about how he realizes there's a huge financial commitment to him within the organization. But, I, I mean – if you value leadership, if you value locker room culture, he has that in spades, you know, over Romo. I mean, that part of, of the conversation is, is already done and slammed shut. Um, and so, you know, is he a better quarterback today than Romo was in 2014? Probably not, but he's certainly well on pace to get there. And like football is not about the people make it about wins and in comparing them. You know, I think I think the Cowboys are going to win the NFCs and be in position to win a playoff game. The next playoff game that Dak Prescott wins, whenever that happens, will tie him with Tony Romo for playoff wins as the Cowboys starting quarterback. So um, he's got a long way to go, and I do think he'll um, he'll ultimately write his name on a lot of records that Tony Romo has at the moment. That Davis show right now, I have RJ Choa, manager and editor in chief of Blogging the Boys. Follow him at RJ Choa. Let's switch to defense real quick. You guys switched out your defensive coordinator and your scheme. Is that enough with Dan Quinn coming? Because there's talent there, but is it their their right assembly of talent, particularly with going to a four three? Do you think this defense will be okay? Because really, with that offense, all you really need is a situational defense. You don't need it to be a lockdown defense. You just need it to bend but don't break. 
Yeah, I, I, I've been impressed so far. Um, and the bar to be impressed is not high, to be clear. Um, but I've been impressed with Dan Quinn. He's, he's been such a great teacher, which is something that the Cowboys have really struggled to find on the defensive side of the ball. Um, three years ago in 2018, when their defense was, was somewhat successful, uh, that was Leighton Vanderish's rookie year. That was the best year the Cowboys have gotten out of Jalen Smith so far. They had Byron Jones playing cornerback for the first time. And, and Chris Richard was kind of their pseudo-defensive coordinator, and he was very different than Dan Quinn. They both obviously come from, from the Seattle Seahawks system. Um, but he was very aggressive, um, and a lot of people like that. Like, a lot of people would see him on the sidelines yelling and screaming, and people think, like, that's what makes a great coach. And um, Dan Quinn can certainly yell, but he is such a great teacher. That's that's the word that, that just I feel represents him the most. He's such a great teacher with players before practice, during practice, after practice, how they use their leverage, how they use their weight, why they're attacking the way they're attacking. And I just, that's been an element that was really lacking from this team. Um, I do think that they have talent, you know, in terms of guys that, that are returning. I think Demarcus Lawrence is very talented. I think that Randy Gregory is very talented. I think Neville Gallimore is really talented. I think that there is talent within Leighton Vanderish and, and at times within Jalen Smith. Obviously, they've added Micah Parsons. And I mean, the Cowboys, you know, they, they, people like to think that Jerry Jones is going to go sign like big splashy free agents. That has not been who the Cowboys have been for a very long time. So all their free agent signings were these low level kind of bargain bin guys. Yes, they signed Keanu Neal, but a lot of depth guys, which is what they need. And I mean, you know, they spent their first six picks in the draft on the defensive side of the ball. First time in franchise history, they've done that. And so they, they are deeper. And that's that's where they've really been challenged in different seasons is, you know, it's not, it's not a game where all 11 of your starters are going to be healthy weeks one through 16 or now 17 uh, or 18, I guess. And so, I mean, you have to be prepared for that. And they seem more prepared now. Um, I also think, you know, to your point, it, it would be difficult for them to be that bad again. Like the, the law of averages is working in their favor. That's not something you can rely on. Um, but, but I do think that they'll be, they'll be more sustainable. I think they'll generate more turnovers. You know, in the first four games of the season last year, which were the, the only four that Dak played start to finish, the Cowboys offense started just two possessions on the positive side of the 50-yard line. The first mm. was in week one against the Los Angeles Rams after a Cheetah Bay Wuze interception. And the only other one was against the Atlanta Falcons after the onside kick that everybody saw. Outside of that, every possession they had started on their side of the field. And so you can have a great offense. You could have the best offense in the NFL. But if you're continually having to go 80 yards, 76 yards, 77 yards, 82 yards, I mean, at a certain point, it becomes impractical. And so I think that the defense will be better. You know, maybe they, I don't think they're going to be top 10, however you define that, or even top 15. But I think that they will create shorter fields. I think they'll get more turnovers. And I think that those things will be a rising tide that lifts all boats. I will say this. Um, it did benefit me having Dak as my starting quarterback on my fantasy team. All right, those yards that he was racking up at the beginning of the last season. Yeah. All right, I will say that. But let me ask you this. Now, you have Kellen Moore's offensive coordinator. Now you have Dan Quinn as a defensive coordinator. What are your thoughts in the year plus of Mike McCarthy being the CEO of this football team as far as the players and the coaches? It's just such an interesting um, situation. I, you know, I don't even know if that's the right word. And I can't think of another one similar to, I mean, you could look at, I guess, any new head coach last year, maybe Matt Rule and Kevin Stefanski, obviously coaches who spent their first year with new teams during, during 2020. Um, but I also think, you know, 
the reason Michael McCarthy specifically was hired was because the Cowboys reviewed as a team that was ready to win now. I, I hate that term, but that, that is the general term. And that was why it was it was Mike McCarthy over Matt Rule, over Lincoln Riley, over over a younger coach. There would have been a bit of a process to kind of get to where you want to be as a franchise. And so I think it's worth, you know, it's worth saying that his starting quarterback got hurt in week five. His right tackle missed every single game. His left tackle only played two games. His starting middle linebacker got hurt over and over and over again. Um, Football Outsiders has a metric called adjusted games lost due to injury. The Cowboys lost the second most games in the NFL uh, when it comes to injury, you know, players who were injured and didn't play in games, second most games in the NFL. And something like that does generally regress to the mean. You do generally see you know, teams that were at one end of the spectrum come back. Uh, the 49ers lost the most games. And so I think, you know, that we see that every year, like teams, you know, teams gravitating. People say like, well, where was this team last year? Well, they were hurt, you know, of the top 10 teams uh, who lost the fewest amount of games due to injuries. Nine of them made the playoffs. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers lost the fewest games in the NFL due to injuries last year. Mm-hmm. Now they're a talented team, obviously, but they also had some luck going their way and that, you know, less players or less games were lost due to injury than literally every other team in the NFL. Um, I so I mean, he dealt with an enormous amount of injuries. I also think, you know, I've said this and, and people think I cape for McCarthy, but he literally sat out the entire 2019 season and put together a plan. I've never spent a year of my life planning anything, but I imagine if I did, that the moment I had to enact that plan, that I would I would follow the plan that I laid out over the course of an entire year. And to Mike McCarthy's defense, I suppose, I mean, like on day six, that completely changed with COVID happening and all the social distancing. So everything he spent an entire year planning was completely worthless in a lot of, lot of senses. Um, I, and I also, I hate to make, you know, to include this uh, because life is so much more important than football. But Mike McCarthy, you know, Ted Thompson passed away last year. Kevin Green passed away last year. Both people who he worked with closely when he was the head coach of the Green Bay Packers. The Cowboys dealt with a personal tragedy right before Thanksgiving. And so it was a, a, a year full of challenges in, in different ways and different circumstances. And so I, I don't. I don't think I can or anyone can properly evaluate Mike McCarthy and say, well, the guy's worthless. And he is he is a really easy punching bag for people. It's it's low hanging fruit to kind of pick on McCarthy for a lot of people. But even then, you know, people are anointing Ron Rivera in Washington as this great coach who went through his own set of personal circumstances that that far exceed anything related to football last year. And um, I'm a big fan of Ron Rivera, the person. But, you know, the, the Washington football team, just to use them as an example, won the division by one game over the Cowboys, despite all the funk the Cowboys dealt with. And so I just I don't view Mike McCarthy as being significantly behind, say, Ron Rivera or anything like that. I think that, you know, you could say this about a lot of teams, but with with everybody healthy or with everybody relatively healthy, I think that he has uh, an opportunity to impress. And I, I at least want to give him that opportunity, which I don't think he had last year. That's fair. I, I think that's fair. Now, outside of Dak, give me a couple of Cowboys that can make or break this season if they get hurt or don't perform up to snuff. You know, uh, Tyron Smith is probably the, the biggest one when it comes to health. The Cowboys starting left tackle. One of the best left tackles in the NFL went healthy, but that, that win has been such a question. Uh, he has Dak Prescott has never played an entire season with him, and that, that kind of surprises people sometimes, but he has not mm-hmm. played a full regular season since 2015, and that was a regular season with 16 games. Now we're adding a 17th one. Uh, the Cowboys, it, it is 
unfortunately, most likely a matter of when and not if they will have to rely on on one of their swing tackles. And right now they don't really have one that inspires a lot of confidence. And so if Tyron or Lyle Collins have to miss some time, suddenly the Cowboys offense is up a creek a little bit. Um, outside of that, I mean, any injury on offense is unideal, but there isn't one that is impossible to overcome. The Cowboys are really deep at wide receiver. They now have two tight ends who they obviously can work in and rotate in different ways. Zeke Elliott is obviously or has been really special, but if he had to miss time, I don't think that that would really disrupt what they do offensively in, in a large you know, sort of way that would be felt. Uh, defensively, I mean, if Demarcus Lawrence had to miss time, he's the best player on that defense, and so they would truly have no edge rush. And Micah Parsons, I think he's already that important. I think if he had to miss mm. time, um, the Cowboys would have to lean on Leighton Vanderesh and Jalen Smith, and that has been an idea that has not really gotten them anywhere over the course of the last two years. Hmm. How do Cowboys fans generally feel, and this includes you, of course, about the team winning it all, getting back to the days of the triplets, or getting close to the days of the triplets? Um, it seems like the Cowboys have just been been stuck in a rut when it comes to getting to that top, top-tier level that they were during the first half of the 90s. Yeah, I mean, it's it's frustrating. Um, you know, like, I, I love the Hall of Fame weekend. It's, it's you know, and it's a lot of it's because it's, it's it signifies football coming back. Uh, but like this Hall of Fame weekend last week, you know, Peyton Manning goes into the NFL or, or the Hall of Fame. Right. And everybody acknowledges that he's set all these records. He's accomplished all these things. He played, you know, late into his career. He played for a very long time. People talk about him being old later in his career. He has already sat out the mandatory five years to the point that he can be enshrined in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. His entire career has happened in the drought that the Cowboys have been in, you know, I mean, Tom Brady's entire career has happened in this entire drought. I mean, you know, again, people make jokes all the time about how old Tom Brady is and how he's still playing and how this is, this has gone on forever. That has literally encompassed the entire Cowboys drop. Uh, you know, there are only two teams that have not been to an NFC championship game um, in longer spells than the Cowboys currently. And that's, that's the Detroit Lions and the Washington football team. Not exactly a company that you want to keep uh, within the NFC. It's, you know, the, when the Cowboys won a, last won a Super Bowl, John Elway did not have a Super Bowl win of any kind. He obviously went on to have two, <laughs> two as a player. Um yeah, that's that's my favorite one because he, he had two as a player. Uh, a he, he he retired, was enshrined into the Hall of Fame, began a whole new career on the personnel side of the game, you know, elevated himself to the point of becoming a general manager and literally built his own team that won a Super Bowl, including a player that had a long career with the Cowboys in DeMarcus Ware. Um, so – yeah, I mean, like, you know, there's a lot of jokes and, and there's a lot of fun to be had there, but it's frustrating. I mean, I'm 31 years old. Um, and so, you know, there's a whole generation of Cowboys fans that, that haven't experienced those types of things. And what gets frustrating is how valuable the franchise continues to be. They're the most mm. valuable, most visible, most seen, most coveted professional sports team in the world, which, you know, I love European soccer. The fact that they can outrank the likes of Real Madrid and Barcelona and United and crazy. You know, now PSG, it is absurd. Um, mm. And so they, they are wildly entertaining and they have given me a lot of memories that I cherish, but um, it's just, it's unfortunate that they haven't done this or they haven't accomplished it. They've come close and some of the, some of the, their faults are not their own. Sometimes they've, 
They've had, you know, unfortunate circumstances. Des caught it. I mean, whatever. But there are a lot of you know, issues. That, <laughs> you got um, to sleep in there real quick. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Des caught it. I love, I love you know, it. but like, like I'm, I've said for years, like I don't think they would have. They would have won that game. They probably would have won that NFC Championship game, but they wouldn't have beaten the Patriots in the Super Bowl. I mean, so, um, but you know, that's the thing. Like they're they just can't get over this hump and they just, they find the most creative and heartbreaking ways to ultimately um, kind of, kind of fall short. I mean, a number of talented players have passed through their organization whose careers that they've squandered. I mean, I mentioned DeMarcus Ware. We talked about Tony Romo, Jason Witten, Tyron Smith is near the end of his career. Lyle Collins, maybe Travis Frederick already retired. I mean, a number Des Bryant. Des Bryant is the franchise leader in receiving touchdowns, played his entire career, never got to an NFC title game. I mean, the talent has been there. The materials have been there. They just haven't come close and it's frustrating. Listen, I've, I've never liked the, the, the tag America's team when it comes to the Cowboys, but Jimmy Johnson and the triplets, Troy Aikman, Michael Irvin and Emmett Smith, dude, it was fantastic to watch as a youngster. All right. It was, uh, it was beautiful. I don't even know if there's ever been a team with that much talent because you got to think about free agency had just started and teams started to just take the depth out of that team. So we didn't even get to see see some of the guys that were behind some of these players because of free agency, how well Jimmy had built up that team. How do Cowboys fans feel about the disrespect that Jerry Jones has done to, to Jimmy as far as him just now getting in the ring of honor? And to me, Jimmy is the second most important cowboy behind Landry I think like it's Landry then it's Jimmy because that's that's the best cowboy errors you have right there and it just seems petty that I can understand if you have a break but you you could get over and initially you can remember the good times and what this person helped you achieve and it just seems like the Jerry should be above that but I don't know what it is that they they the dislike seems intense yeah I mean I think most cowboys there isn't a cowboys fan you go to any Anybody's home, any bar, any whatever. Uh, there isn't a Cowboys fan that takes Jerry's side against Jimmy. Um, and it's frustrating. And it's it's frustrating to think about. We do a show at Blog and the Boys. Uh, I do a show with Tony Casillas, who won the first two Super Bowls with the Cowboys. And so he's always telling Jimmy stories on our network, and that's a lot of fun. Um, but, you know, everybody talks about how unfortunate the breakup was. And, you know, it, it's a big thing, I mean, obviously. And so um, it, it, I think thinking about it frustrates people because they realize that the Cowboys could have. I don't know that the they Cowboys could have four. Yeah, I mean, you, you can play that. You can, they could you have can play that game, and and I understand that. But you know, you never know what happens. But yeah, the overwhelming likelihood is that they win four in a row, and that that probably never gets touched. And that's really unfortunate. That's really frustrating. It's unfortunate that you know if if they have four in a row, Troy Aikman is viewed differently. Emmitt Smith is viewed differently. My, you know, all these legacies are viewed differently for all these players who were a part of it. Um, so it's frustrating. I think, you know, it's awesome that Jimmy Johnson's in the Hall of Fame. He had a unique career as far as, as, far as Hall of Fame coaches go, and it's, it's really nice to see him get his due. On the subject of the Ring of Honor, uh, Ring of Honor though, I mean, something that, that I said on our podcast network last week is it was great to see Jerry say that uh, a week ago today, and I am very excited about Jimmy going into the Ring of Honor. But uh, first of all, when the Cowboys had their State of the Union address when they first got to Oxnard, uh, about three weeks ago now, Jerry was asked specifically about Jimmy going into the Hall of Fame and whether he would go into the Ring of Honor. And Jerry specifically said, I don't want to talk about the Ring of Honor. I don't want to take away from Jimmy's Hall of Fame weekend by talking about the Ring of Honor. And then five minutes before the Hall of Fame game, what's Jerry doing? He's talking about Jimmy going into the Ring of Honor. 
so that was, I mean, like, I, I, I don't know why people didn't remember that, you know, last week. And so uh, the other thing, though, is, you know, it felt kind of, I mean, like, I realized that Jerry had not confirmed that Jimmy was going into the Ring of Honor, but it felt really obvious. Like, you can't exclude him if he's in the Hall of Fame. Um, so, you know, it, it wasn't like earth-shattering news. And finally, okay, cool. So you you gave us this earth-shatter, this non-earth-shattering news that you told us you weren't going to do, but you he didn't even tell us when. You know, like, it, it was just, he's going to go into the Ring of Honor. Cool. When is that going to happen? Because, you know, unless you're going to, like, you're not really giving us any new information. You know what I mean? Like, the, but for, I mean, and it is cool. He says he's going into the Ring of Honor, but this is a unique situation. You know, to put someone in the Ring of Honor, it's generally at halftime of a Cowboys game, whatever, blah, blah, blah. You know, most Cowboys home games are played on Sundays, and Jimmy Johnson works for Fox. So he has obligations on Sundays. Uh, so just kind of doing the math, the, the only real opportunity the Cowboys have it, I think that Jimmy could attend is their week three Monday night game against the Eagles. Cause obviously that's not a Sunday. And so is it going to happen then? Or are they going to tell us it's going to happen then? Because if you're just going to tell us it's going to happen someday in the future, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't really do anything for me. It, it, it seems disingenuous. It's, it seems a little bit like Jerry just wanting a piece of the attention last week. And that's where a lot of Cowboys fans are. They get frustrated by things like that. They get frustrated hearing Jerry get teary-eyed a few weeks ago saying, I messed up, whatever, because if you really feel like you messed up, then when, what's the day? When are you putting him in? What's the plan? Because right now you're just dragging your feet. RJ, I got three more questions, all right? The last one for the Cowboys. What's your prediction for the Cowboys this season? You know, if you told me their over-under was 10 and a half wins, I'd probably slightly lean over. I think they're winning between 10 and 11 games. I think that's good enough for an NFC's title. Um, and I, I – I really think just because football can be such a, a poetic creature, I think the Cowboys are going to win a play. I think, well, I'll put it this way. I think Aaron Rodgers' last game as a Green Bay Packer will be a home loss at Lambeau Field in the playoffs to the Dallas Cowboys, the team he's tormented forever, led by the head coach who he ran out of town and Mike McCarthy. That just seems <laughs> like it fits to me. Uh, so um, I don't know what round of the playoffs that happens in, but, but I do see that happening uh, come January. I have we, we did a show me and Ryan the other day and I have if Dak is healthy it's no question that the Cowboys to me should win the NFC East now I want you to go around the NFC East and tell me your predictions for every team in the NFC the other teams in the NFC East you know I as far as records are so hard but I, I do think that I can I can project how I think the division shakes out I am not as low on the Eagles as most people are um, I, I believe in Jalen Hurts a little bit, and, and I'm really excited to kind of see what he – I mean, excited as a Cowboys fan. Just he's, he's a fun guy. He's an easy guy to root for, so I'm interested to see that. But I could see Jalen winning – you know, the Eagles winning about eight games. I could see that, you know, because the NFC East, I mean, they play the AFC West. So you're talking the Eagles get a game against the Broncos. They get a game against the Raiders. They get to play the Jets as courtesy of the new 17th game. Um, I think I am – very low on the New York Giants, so that's a little bit of a spoiler. So I think the Eagles can sweep them. I think they could, you know, split the series with Washington. I mean, I could see them kind of getting to seven, eight wins and, and that being good enough for a second. I do think that Washington 
has an incredible defense, but I am in no way a believer in Ryan Fitzpatrick, the NFL quarterback. Uh, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick was the best quarterback under pressure last year, but that is generally a statistic where players don't repeat that same level of success. And so uh, I think it was a little bit lightning in a bottle. And what's more is we, we have seen, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, I, I can guarantee there, there will be a game in September where he does something awesome. There will be a lot of memes and everybody will talk like Twitter will be a buzz with Fitz magic. Like that will happen, but the bottom will come out because that's what happens with Ryan Fitzpatrick in an unfortunate circumstance for Washington. Their last five games in a row are all against NFC East teams. I don't know why the NFL did that, um, but obviously that's a really important part of their schedule. And I don't think that Ryan will be that great at that point. And what's more is within that stretch, there is a four-week stretch where they play Philly and Dallas each twice in three weeks. They, I think the four weeks are Dallas, Philly, Dallas, Philly. Um, hmm. And so I just, I mean, I would not bet on Ryan Fitzpatrick in general, let alone in a crucial month like the month of December. So um, I think that they falter to third in the division. There is only one team in the NFC that I believe is worse than the Giants, and that's the Detroit Lions. I do not believe in the Giants at all. I think that they have some talent, but I just, it all seems messy. And I felt this way before all the retirements and everything. Um, I just, that seems, my other prediction, I mean, uh, Jason Garrett will be the head coach of the Giants this time next year. That, that has been predestined for, uh, this is, this has been written in the stars. Um, Jason Garrett is, is the future head coach of the New York Giants. That has felt really obvious for a long time. Oh, you heard that right here from RJ Achua. Last one from the outside looking in. What are your thoughts on the Bears so far? And maybe not a record, but what maybe can expect from them this season? The Bears. Um, okay. Um, so my dog's name is Bear. And so I have um, – I really do have like a soft spot in my heart for the Bears. They're his second favorite team. Um, and I love Justin <laughs> Fields. I, I am so happy that he went to Chicago as opposed to Denver, as opposed to Carolina. I like when players like everybody uh, that I like end up with, I do really appreciate the bears. I appreciate the the history associated with the franchise. I appreciate that they're kind of an NFL blue blood. I would love to see them be really great. I would love to see the NFC North belong to them for a long time. I'm so sick of Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Um, <laughs> and so, um, so I'm excited. And I, I, there's just something about the bears and like, you know, I, I hope that soldier field isn't sold or the new place isn't built and there's a different Thank name. You. Like there's, there's there's Thank something you. about there's some there's something about this particular franchise that feels you know sacred to me, um, just because I'm a huge NFL fan along with being a Cowboys fan, and so I I really you know I don't believe in that much in the Packers, or rather I don't believe that Aaron Rodgers can can cash this check that he's written because he has. I mean, th- there's no way that he can accomplish anything that will justify the way he was all offseason. There's no way. I mean, unless they just storm through the regular season and win the Super Bowl, but that is incredibly unlikely. I mean, I've talked about injuries. Like, the Packers have been very fortunate with injuries over the last couple of years. They haven't been dealt these bugs or these hurdles that other teams have had. And, um, you know, I, I, Randall Cobb was an incredible cowboy, really great person, really great locker room guy. I don't believe that Randall Cobb is, like, the missing piece Right. Um, to the Packers in 2021. Right. And so um, I, I could I would I could really see them struggling and I really would love to see how that unfolds. If, if they're 500 in November, I would love to see the dichotomy between Aaron and, and Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutekunst and everybody. 
Um, and so I know this is a question about the Bears. I think the Bears are in, in the right place to challenge them because I think, you know, the Lions are a mess and the Packers are a mess waiting to happen. And I, I could totally see, you know, the Cowboys play the Vikings in week eight, I believe. And I know that Dallas and Minnesota are both coming off of their bye entering that game. And so I, that's just kind of the right time. I could see if Kirk is struggling and things aren't right and Vikings fans are getting loud. Coming off of the bye, I've thought maybe, you know, we, we see this a lot. You know, teams, you know, they make a switch to a rookie during the bye, so they give him the extra week to prepare. Um, mm-hmm. I could see Kellen Mond jumping in for, uh, for Kirk later on in the season. So I could totally see Chicago being a wild card team. And, and if things break really right, winning the division. But I, I do think it's a matter of time before Justin Fields is, is the king of the north. And I'm really excited to watch that happen. I can't wait, but you heard it here. RJ Choi with Kellen Munn supplants Kirk Cousins this year. You heard it right here. RJ, appreciate it. Everyone follow him at RJ Choi. Great talking to you, man. This was fantastic. This was fun. You have a terrific day, man. Appreciate it, man. You too. Uh, I'll be rooting for the Bears, like I said, and so am I, dog. Thank you, man. We appreciate it.